Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Aloha, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Imperial Podcast. You are here with your host, the Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And we are back down here in Soulard at the one and only Grand Cruise Cigars. Why? Because Why? it's cold outside. Because it's cold outside. And guess what's going on the crew? The, the, the garage the door's door wide door. open. <laughs> so it's cold in here. Um, no, we're, we're down here. This is kind of a, a last-minute pick-off. The original plans today, um, we were going to be outside and do it outside and set up, but... The weather decided to go from a lovely 60 degrees to a whopping 37 overnight. Yeah, get back tomorrow, so, get back to winter. You know, whatever. So we are here at Grand Crew. Uh, we're kind of in our typical spot anytime you guys see the podcast. If you're on the Patreon or if you are hanging out down here and you listen to the podcast, we're sitting where we always sit. Um, so we're going to jump into that. The cigar we're smoking today, I'm really excited about. I smoked it uh, a couple of weeks ago when I came down here. Um, it's from Illusion. It's the Allegria. It's in the one-off series. We'll dive all into that. Um, but you just poured something, so why don't you talk about that? Because we yeah. haven't had the purple one, right? I haven't. We haven't had either one of these on the show. Okay. And yeah. I know not on the show, but have I had this one? No. I don't remember the purple. No. That's the one in the... Go ahead. Yep. All right. Nope. Yep. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, um... We, you know, I want to say probably three or four months ago, uh, and we've, we've talked about it on the, the podcast, Old Road um, Spirits down in Bourbon, Missouri, um, they're a line of bourbons called Barrel King. Well, it's been um, really amazing, the stuff that they put out. We've talked about it. They get their, uh, most of their juice from MGP, and then they finish it. They're finishers and blenders, but um, anyway, so we've talked about, well, this one we're having on today, um, it's aged over six years, the juice, and it's been finished in a Willet, um, like family estate, uh, Willet family estate. Um, that's the Willet bottle I like, right? The and it's kind the of purple the foil, they call it the purple foil. Yeah. Now, what he doesn't put down here, um, which would be interesting to know, but he, he lets us know that he finished it in a Willet family estate barrel and it's the purple foil. So I'm guessing this is at least um, maybe the sixth year. Um, on, on the, is, there, is there a way to look that up? Do they color coordinate or is it just some of them they release? Well, I was just at Chartreuse in Bonita Springs and he had the same bottle up there and it was a nine year. Oh, wow. And I know that I've had the six year over here at Bellwether. Yeah. So somewhere between six and nine, whatever, he has a barrel that he finished this in. So, um, without further ado, let's Shit, cheer yeah, it up and get a sip of it. Cheers. Yeah. And I gotta say before Ooh. I try it, that's yeah. Right that's, off the bat, yeah, that nose there. Is amazing. Well, wow, that's very little book. Very little book. Like, I'm not being funny. If I didn't know what that was, I would 
tag it as Little Book. It's got that, you know, like when Jim Beam does high proof stuff, yeah. Yeah. there's that vanilla smokiness. Or not smoky's wrong, sorry. But the vanilla proof, you know. I, I hate saying heat because then people think it burns. I'm not talking no, about No, I know burning, what you're but. talking about. Yeah. Now, I've tasted this before and it tastes completely different today. And I think it's probably because of the temperature. I don't um, care. I dig it. What's the proof on it? 123? 123. That nice. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm on that. That might be better than that rye I like. Um, I imagine that bottle is rolling around 68 degrees or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's but not, that's not cold, off, but It's not off room temperature. No. No, your basement. No way. Yeah. No way. Maybe 65 down there. Yeah. <coughs> anyway. I'm not kidding. This might be, uh, this might be better than that rye I like. And, I don't know, that you know, most harder. of these are black. They, they finish the, uh, oh, what do you call this? The, uh, the hand, what do you, the neck. The ne oh, yeah, they, uh, the neck up it. to the yeah. cork. They dip all their, um, all their bottles in colored wax. Um, in this particular one, obvious, purple, because they're doing the purple foil from the Willard family Willis, estate. Right. So, anyway. Anyway, it's fantastic. I mean, I've never had anything bad by them, but we stay to their core stuff. Now they have all kinds yeah, of... Yeah, see, I wasn't going to get into all that strange yeah. shit they had. Yeah. They've yeah. got <laughs> a, a lot of flavors. And I'm just... It's kind of like flavored cigars. I'm not into the flavored bourbon either. Yeah. It's not, cool, not though, because they... It's not good, but... Oh, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's phenomenal for yeah. somebody. And it's not that... It's like they still... It's still MGP juice. It is still... Damn, boy, what's trying to start? Forest fire? Fuck it. I have to turn it down a little bit. <laughs> These guys don't need a welder, bro. They're going to be fine. Like, what are you doing? I'm trying my welding pad. <laughs> Where's your fucking crack pipe, dude? What you Whoa, I don't know how I got it doing? up there. What um, is the name of this? What I was, anyway, uh, that's a Corona. A Corona um, yeah. Uh, I should know that, but... One of, um, one of the things I said, like, when we were at... old, It's Old Town Spirits, right? What's the actual name of the company? Old Road. Old Road Spirits. Old Road Spirits. Old Road Spirits. Um, when we were actually there and I saw all the flavors of the infusions they had with the whiskey, it's not like they took this one and finished it. They still source these four to six years from MGP, barrel them, and then move them over to another barrel to give it some kind of finish to it. It's actually really unique. Um, it's probably very good whiskey that they're taking and, and, and sweetening, I guess you would say, um, which could could be interesting, right? You know, it's. I think it's... I mean, listen, and first of all, if you're into the bourbon and you're out there buying it and trying it, and then you're trying to get a hold of the ones that I wouldn't put them as high as to say they're, they're um, unicorns, but you're trying to get some that are kind of hard to find and you're finding them from time to time. And then, you know, you can't find them. And that now we're doing barrel picks, which have been really good. What else is really going on that's new? And I think this is a new thing that's going to be happening. I think more people are going to be doing this. Well, now. this is very cool because you've heard me. You know how much of a fan or proponent I was, of, or still am, of Dave Pickroll when he was still alive from Whistlepig. Um, because it's not like he was the first person to source from MGP, but he was really the first front-running distiller that sourced from MGP then did his own spin with extra age, barrel finishes, etc. 
and sold them as they were, you know? Whereas a lot of companies would just say distilled in Indiana, right? It was their whiskey, they bought it, you know, whatever. It's a little different. And Pickerel caught hell for that for a while, but now, you know, MGP probably corners the whole fucking bourbon market. Like would I, 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 we don't know the numbers, but it would not surprise me if more bourbon was sourced out of MGP than the state of Kentucky. You know? Um, and and sourcing is not bad. I am a proponent of sourcing. I think it's great because, yet again, like you've heard me talk about before, you can't go to Nicaragua and buy a field and start growing tobacco, right? That shit's owned. You can't just put up a rickhouse and start making whiskey and it being awesome. It doesn't work that way. You yeah. know, if it did, everybody would be making shine in the bathtub and we just drop cinnamon sticks into it and call it a day. Where's the best bourbon that's good? Being done. And we were like, ah, you know, it's Kentucky. And there ain't shit going on in Tennessee. And then I said, and there ain't shit going on in Indiana. And you're like, like excuse uh, me? MGP. I'm like, oh, did God you, damn, you're right. Did you forget about the biggest source yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. the country? I did. Damn right I did. Yeah. Um, so we're smoking on today. These are the Allegrias of the one-off series from Illusion Cigars. Or Illusione, however you want to say it. Illusione Cigars. Um, you guys have heard us talk. We smoked the one-off not too long ago, a one-off Robusto. Um, those are ones I have from 2000, whenever, the older box I had. We had the toasted barrel with it, and then we did a little bit of the Bourbon County. Um, I'm a huge one-off fan. I think it's some of the best Corojo that's, that's used. Um, I very like, I very much like the cigars. Um, it's just hard to find one-off accounts. Um, uh, there are... Uh, limits to it in order for you to, to have it. Um, I think we're going to start seeing more illusion in the area um, because of local reps and brokers and things like that. Um, but what the, the first thing when you look at Allegria that is so enticing is its price point. The average cost on a one-off cigar, like just regular one-off is, I want to say it's like 14 to 16 right now. And then you have plus 53. The plus 53 is the area code district for the state of or island of Cuba. Um, the idea is that it's the, the strongest of the cigars and it pays homage there. Less of them are made, but that's, that's one of my, it's my favorite one-off. But those cigars in the individual size are roughly $36 a stick. Now this, as you smoke it, it's a full cigar. It is a stronger cigar. It's a more flavorful cigar in certain areas as well. And it's $12 or $13. You know what I mean? So it's... Now, granted, you have to be a one-off account to order them, so that does limit them down, but um, it's just, it's nice to see a one-off product with these tobaccos being used at, at that price point. I like it so far, I'm mm -hmm. just getting into it, but this is definitely going to be strength versus strength. At least it feels like it at this point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's, it's a solid cigar for sure. So weather all dipped out, that all changed. Um, we had our event at Cigar Vault last night. Um, that was cool. First event we'd ever had at Cigar Vault. That's our first event? Yep. Podcasted there, but we never Okay, well, we've had a, a cut and light. We did. Oh, yeah, you did a cut and light down there, but that's... You were... That's just that wasn't uh, as... Uh, that's more of a product introductory period. Yeah, you know? we didn't um, have all the 
swag. No, we put our bells and whistles up last night. It was fun. Uh, great, great event. So thank you to Jen and Shane for setting that thing up for us. Um, uh, scheduling just real quick. So that's out. So don't forget, we will be back at Lit the first week of March. Um, we'll be there. That's the only thing that's planned. I know you've got some new spots that we're we'll probably hit next week that you were thinking about. Yeah, I've got some things that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And uh, um, we'd like to get over into St. Charles, St. Peter's. Um, and then there's a, a place uh, that I've been talking to, the Rack House mm-hmm. in Cottleville, which I was kind of surprised. They've been there for quite a, a ways. And they've got a you know a nice little uh, humidor in there. I probably shouldn't say little, but it's, it's a decent little. There, I said it again. A decent it's, size it's, it's not yeah. a large humidor, but it's it's probably contents, eleven by sixteen, something like but that. But again, contents, you know, it, you don't. If you're packing a humidor with with what people want to smoke, it could be the size of a broom closet as long as it's what people want to smoke. But kind know? of the unusual place about uh, thing about the rack house is they have an amazing um, bourbon selection and they have food. Mm-hmm. So you don't normally find all three in one place. No, is it a restaurant? It's a restaurant, it is. right? It okay. Is. Man, I wonder if that you don't have to have any kind of membership to smoke. Um, that I'm not positive about. Those guys that I met in there are regulars, and they probably do have some sort of. I'm not saying a membership, but they do have like a lockers, I think, in there. Well, what what I meant by that is is normally right. I know there's different grandfather exemptions across the country, but normally you can't smoke where you have food, right? But there it's are separate. private. Oh, it's not. Oh, I thought it was not inclusive. What I'm saying is, it's a completely uh, separate room. Oh well, never mind then. Oh my bad. Yeah, I thought yeah. you could like eat dinner and smoke. Oh, you have eat dinner, and then they got the bar in the back, and then you go to the left and go in a whole separate room for the cigars. Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's completely separate. No, you're not smoking between, in the oh, restaurant. Okay. okay, my bad. I and thought, you know what? I'm not. No, I've heard a about super that place. Fan of that either. To be honest with you. dude. It, I, I like enjoy. To get my chow down and then I get enjoy. On the cigar. Like when we when we had the uh, Tatawahe dinner with Lit, and we were out at uh, Vitas in the Valley, right? A little different. We're outside. outside. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, and when we've done them at Ruth Chris, when we had with Luciano, and then we had Sean Williams at Cohiba, right? When when Lit was putting those lunches or dinners on, when you're outside and you start a cigar before you eat, you put it down, you eat, you're done, you're good to go. Inside a room, I I haven't been. No, I have not. I have not been, I've done it like privately, but not in a restaurant where you sit down. Like, you know, like when you watch Mad Men or those old, old yeah. movies, like you're sitting down and the oysters hit the table or the three drinks in and the ashtray is already full. Like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like that. You know, like my funny thing was I never, I never had a problem. Like I wish people could still smoke at bars and restaurants. Like I, I was never wrong. I had any issue with the smoking area thing. And that never bothered me. Right. Don't sit there if you don't want to smoke. Or be around yeah. smoke, right? There was an option you had, etc. But I couldn't stand the smell if you ate up there. You know, because the, the smoke, the smoke would hide away. See, like, say you're sitting somewhere and you got a nice steak coming out. It sizzles on this hot ass plate and it sits down. The butter's sitting there, and you're like, yeah. And then, plume of smoke. Yeah, <laughs> gone. The taste buds killed. It's over. It's done. You know that I, I didn't, I wouldn't do that. But again, that's the same thing like being outside. Like when we were up at, at Ruth Chris or when we were at Vito's. You know, the food would come out and you could see it, you could eat on it. You know, you're outside, so there's no looming of smoke. You know, it's, yeah. you know, the, the only place I've experienced, and um, you've been there, is the Red Phone Booth in Nashville. 
Yeah, but I've never eaten there. Right. Yes. You we know, went in there after what, dinner. That's what was strange to me because I remember we had dinner and then we went in. And we were like, oh shit, you can eat here. You yeah, know. You have a full well, I actually, I have to take all that back. There was absolutely eight, no hint of smoke in that place. Eight cigar lounge. Eight cigar lounge in Las Vegas has a full service kitchen. You can eat, drink, and smoke at eight cigar lounge. So let's just say this. There is some places that yeah. do it. I well, I had said I hadn't been to one. I just, yeah. I forgot about that. That's, we were right there. I tried to eat and smoke a cigar, and I prefer to get my eating done and then get on a cigar. Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, because especially like, I know we said all the time, like we taste our cigars, we talk about the cigars, but we're not, I'm not snobby about tasting on a cigar either. But if I'm sitting down eating a big starch rich meal, right? And we're having like spaghetti and meatballs or something, okay? Or you get like an artisan pizza done or something. I don't want to be tasting garlic, basil, and pizza sauce when I'm smoking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, and now that's funny, I get to thinking, even like during the summer when we're outside grilling and stuff, at our, my house or your house, whenever we're out eating, you notice we always put the cigars down, we eat, and then you know what I mean? Even if yeah. we're outside, we don't smoke when we're eating outside. I think it's just a, a preference thing. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't like to Even if it's a hot dog. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's get well, the no, sex button no. first, yeah. and then enjoy yeah. a nice You end up burning someone, it's a whole thing, bro. It, yeah, it's, it, it'd, it'd be, be horrible. Yeah, But yeah, I'm digging this cigar, man. These Allegrias, I, I, it's phenomenal. Every time I come to Korea, I buy two of them. So eventually, I'll have a box of them. But um, I, they're awesome. It's just great to have a one-off product around. Like I said, it's not you're not chipping at the bank to do it. Now, I'm saying if the one-off is in there, I'd still buy them. But these things are fantastic, and I love the size. It's just a robusto. It's a true side-in robusto. Very wide reboots, I guess, maybe is what they call it. Where'd it go? I tore it all up. Um, but solid, solid cigar. Um, so let's go ahead and get this over with. How about them Chiefs, boy? I, you know what? Uh, we we can wrap up in 20 minutes because, let's face it, nobody likes Midwest. Nobody, let's just say this. Nobody likes Missouri doing anything good. <clears throat> but it is funny how all the big boys want to say we're not a sports town in St. Louis. And, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for Kansas City, but I know they've said it many times. But I also know that the sporting news used to love St. Louis. And they said they're one of the greatest sports towns in America. But we're always getting shit. But I, I like the way um, St. Louis has supported uh, Kansas City. You know, we, we lost fucking two of our goddamn teams now at this point and now we're getting ready to get the battle hacks back on the did i say the battle hacks? you said the battle hacks <laughs> better fix the shit. battle hawks <laughs> about ready to hit the field this sunday two o'clock i think yep and um but just you can just see it in the in the you know the pregame all the coaches, everybody, oh, this is Philadelphia's year, you know, and everything. And I'm like, I wouldn't bet against them, buddy. You don't bet you, against them. No, no. Look, I, no, sorry. That, um, and this is the one thing I want people to stop to. Also, I do, I do have to, I'll get to that in the end. I'll bring it back to Scars in the end because it's really starting to fucking annoy me. But, um, I appreciate it in this capacity, though. But, people bitching about penalties in games 
okay? Yes, I know it's kind of funny when you look at the past three games the Chiefs have played. There was a penalty in the last minutes that led to the field goal that won the game. But that's not somebody rooting for the Chiefs or throwing a game. That is the lack of gameplay IQ by the spinning team. You know? Like that hold at the on Juju at the end, right? He got away with the first one, but then he turned him around and wrapped his arm around him. You can't do that. You can't. You and even openly admitted it. Yeah, he did. He, everyone's upset. He goes, "It's a hold." So they called it a hold. I held him. Here's yeah. the typical bullshit that I get on a text after they win the Super Bowl. He goes, "It's beautiful to watch the refs give the last two games, the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl away." Yeah. Well, maybe maybe don't. One, hit a quarterback cleanly out of bounds. Well, that's just, two, that's just a hater right there. Right. And two, maybe don't fucking hold. Right? Like, you know what you're doing. You had the we five know they yards hold on to play. every fucking play. Yeah, but my thing, too, is it's like, look, if that, again, I'm going to throw this up again. Just like, just like last year with the Buffalo Bills in the 13-second win. If that had gone the other way, I'm not even going to say that we wouldn't be sitting here bitching that it went the way it went. You know what I mean? But... It's the game. It's there. You know, you're in the moment. These things are going to happen. And I honestly, let me tell you something. The reason I think that flag was thrown, that was a pretty clean game. Right? There weren't really any intensive penalties. You know, there were some offsides, that whatever, right? But there wasn't pass interferences. There weren't unnecessary roughness. You know, they weren't flagging left and right. So, you know, there... When they're doing that, when refs are doing that, I think they're looking for more egregious activity to call something on. But then when it's not happening, hey, you uh, you let a raging penalty take place. It just happens. You just do it. There's nothing you can do about it. It isn't even, you know, and then I, I said to somebody, I'm like, you know, okay, so he doesn't even, say Mahomes doesn't do that run. Maybe they get another five yards. And he kicks a 60-yard. Now we're tied up. Yeah. Okay, so now we win the toss. We go right down the field. We score, and we win the game. They'd be bitching about that. Mm-hmm. Now they'd be bitching. We won the toss. We go down there and score. They'd be bitching about that. Right. How far, so, along, how far along are they back there? All they're doing is tighten up the two by fours. Okay. Just tighten them all up. That's fine. I do I apologize for that, but it's almost done. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean... It was a. I actually. It was a very entertaining game. It was a great fucking game. Like it was a they good did the football circle game. shit again. I know. I know. You know. In the what? Super Bowl, man. You know what? I hate it. I do. The only thing I like about it is they play loose. They have fun. I think even Mahomes said after the game, he goes, "I don't know what it is because there's a lot of people like we win by three, we make a comeback, or whatever." He goes. I'll tell you, he goes, I think we play better under pressure than us getting ahead, and that's for sure. Oh, that's for damn be 21 sure. to that, nothing, d- and then the next sure. thing you know. Or 28-0 and win 31-28. Yeah. Yeah, They're no, not good it, playing no, up no. on teams. They, um, they need to be playing from behind. Yeah, yeah. But, um, of course, they were smoking cigars in the locker room at the end of it. Um, I personally think that's the Chiefs dig on Joe Burrow because they have not done it at all. I think that was just a dig. Against Joe which I find fascinating and fun, you know. Uh, Did you hear Bradshaw getting called out? He got a lot of hate mail because they called uh, 
the big man. He called call him a penguin? Hey, hey, they waddle over here? He goes, yeah, waddle on over here. And he goes, hey, you know, and I'm like, I don't think he took offense to that. I he don't won the either. Super Bowl yeah. for Christ's and, sake. And I think, I, I want to say there's an old thing between them. Like, he did it. I'm, I think that's an in, it's a joke inside thing. You know what I mean? Like, they win, the boys give him a present. Hey, it's a cheeseburger. Yeah. Let's go, yeah. baby. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I love their style. And I got to say, I love Mahomey. He's my man. But that damn Travis, I love when he gets fired up. That boy, man. He When he's fired up, he's a ball of fun. I thought one of the coolest things I heard about Travis and then Jason Kelsey, you know they have a podcast. They do a podcast together. I know. Somebody said it's we fucking, should check it out. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's like 28 minutes long. It's great. I've never heard it's fucking, of it. They're great. They're, they're, they're joking with each other. It's awesome. But... They were talking about, you know, if who wins, who wins. They're both like, you know, at least my mom won't lose today. Hey, you why don't we I mean? jump like, in with them? Maybe we can do a combined podcast. Hey, shit. There's some, some cigars. Hang out with Travis Kelsey. Let me um, see what I can do. It. I might have some something, something. I'd like to go drink it with them. I don't know if they do anything. Well, we'd have to do a little bourbon. I think they'd love it. <clears throat> Fuck, yeah, they would. No doubt. Here's the other um, thing I think was crazy. Right after this, they come out with, uh, you know, the Chiefs are pegged to be there again next year. Mm-hmm. But then this whole thing with the Cowboys starts <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I already ran my bet back. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Give me. No, here's the thing I'll about say about that. You know, I, I shit on the better looking Michael Jordan when he's here. I the know, Cowboys. I but the most unique thing about the Cowboys, and this, this is probably going to get a lot of flack from football fans. Do you remember the, the Jets? What was that, like 2009, 10, 11, the team was just stacked out. They had all this high-class talent the whole night. They still went like 3-12 and 12 that year, right? Are those the Tony Romo years? No, no, he was one of the Jets. It was Mark Sanchez. Oh, blood fumble I'm years. sorry, you were talking yeah. about Jets. Yeah, I was um, still thinking about but, but, so I look at that, that's how I look at the Cowboys. Like, when you look at the Cowboys on paper, you're doing one of these. Like, I don't understand how they're not, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? But they've got all the pieces. It just, like, the puzzle doesn't work. <laughs> Something in there doesn't jive. It's, it's not flowing well. I don't, I don't get it. I think there has to be a relationship with a great coach and players. There just has to be. Well, Mike McCarthy's still there, right? He didn't get let go? Well, I'm not going to know all yeah. those things. I'm not one of those guys. But He's the head coach of the Cowboys. Whoever, you remember, um, who was our running back with the Rams? Uh, Marshall Falk. Yeah. He was with Indy. And that coach from Indianapolis, and they weren't really jiving together. And, I mean, he was still an outstanding player, but he wasn't what he was until he came to the Rams and got going with us. That he so he was with Indy first and then came to the Rams? I'm pretty damn sure. Oh, you're probably I don't know. You're probably yeah. right. Uh, but I'm just saying certain players need to be moved to get a good – it's like a fit. You know, um, You know, it's like when you're interviewing for a job with a business. There has to be a fit. With you and what you're going to be doing with your boss and the company, there it has to be a good team fit. Sometimes, however, it comes out of the draft or whatever it is, and then they make a move. The player gets with the right coach, and you know excitement happens. Hundred percent. And I think that. And the thing, the thing I hate about I don't hate. I mean, I guess I get it. One, I need. I really need. Look, Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Fame quarterback already. He's been in the league five years, right, or six years. Are they calling him the baby um, goat? Yeah. Well, the, the, the Why thing they call with, him the baby goat Cause because the he's thing not a that, small guy. No, no, no. But he's he's only in the league's. Five, I think it's only five years. Five years. I think it is. Five Tom years. Brady played for twenty some years. You know what I mean? Um, 
Now, I still, I've said this that night at the Super Bowl, I still do not think that anybody will ever touch how many rings that, that Brady won, like an individual quarterback, because that guy played football through three different generations of football. You but know he what was I mean? always with Belichick. Yes, right? And do we but think Reed has... It's not, it's, not, it's not that. I think that, you know, when Tom Brady was winning the m- most of his Super Bowls, there weren't these triple threat quarterback options like they're they didn't exist yet you know i know you had rg3 come in i guess michael vick would kind of be the original dual threat quarterback thing um but then rg3 came in and then you started to see all these guys you know the mahomes the the burrows allen um and can't, oh I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Can it names, even happen? No, I don't think because it can. Because the way the game is changing, but, how can well, it Well, and see, and that's the thing. Like, that game changed so much when he was playing. This game's changing faster now. You right. Could, this game changes year after year now, right? Like, something that something that we did. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if next year they do that circle thing and it's not sportsmanlike conduct and they lose it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I hope it doesn't go that way, but it wouldn't surprise me if that became some sort of rule setting. That if you act that way, it works that way. You know what I mean? You don't want to do that. Um, but when you look at numbers, right? Like this is what I said at the beginning. That when you look at numbers, he's on track to not only beat, but heavily surpass Brady's numbers. You know what I mean? Um, but that's why I said in that Super Bowl, I said they have to win this game. The Chiefs have to win that Super Bowl because it doesn't matter if you retire in five, six, seven years. Because I don't think he'll play more than seven more years. I really don't at all. He's going to retire young. He's got his money where he needs it. And he's going to live his fucking life, right? I, mean, I think he's going to be the first billion-dollar player for sure. Probably. Probably. I, I, don't, I would not doubt that at all. But, but I think they've got a good five years of a lot of fun coming as well. Um, you, look at, you, you look at where he's projecting. Um, it, it's amazing, Gil, because you know, I know, remember everybody was worried about when Tyreek Hill left. The one thing I will tell you will alter that offense is when Kelsey's done playing. And he's a lot closer than Mahomes is to me and Don Clark, you know. Um, but uh, they had to win that Super Bowl because no one cares. I mean, yes, it's a big achievement. Like, if he sets the passing to passing yards, touchdown interception ratios, winning games, etc., record that no one can touch, but he won one Super Bowl, right? If, you, if, they, if they go to the Super Bowl three, four, what? They've been three and four years, three Super Bowls in four years, three and five. Well, three whatever. Three, three and, and five. five okay, so if they go three more in five years, so in a ten years, man, championship every year, years every year, yeah. So if they go to six Super Bowls in ten years and only win two, okay. It's just like who talks about and, and I think I'm correct, Jim Kelly, yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Five Super Bowls, no wins. <laughs> they, Who talks this is, about him? And this that's is a great, great accomplishment. Somebody said this. This is a little horrible to say, but people talk more about his cancer than they did his career. That's horrible, but it it's terrible. It but literally, that's it's what it is. And, it, and Jim Kelly's healthy. He's alive. He's fucking balling out. It's awesome, right? Everyone's cool with it. Um, but it was really funny. Um, Seeing all these guys smoking cigars. The guys you don't see smoking cigars at all. Uh, we pulled out our little magic at the end of the game. Yeah. I did pull out um, one of the H. Upman uh, Maduro 54s um, from 16. And then we pulled out one of those uh, Monty number fives. We fired him up and the rest was history. 
Smoked some really good cigars Sunday. Like cigars I didn't really touch on normally. We smoked some great cigars. Then you pulled a box of Mel Diaz out, mm-hmm. uh, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, to celebrate, I opened my box of Mel Diaz Maranitos, uh, the Maduro Mel Diaz. And then uh, we waxed off the 2019 Little Book. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, that was Cheers fantastic. to that. Yeah, that was fucking hot. How about that uh, Prisoner High West we had? Very different, but it was good. Finished was in Prisoner Wine. Nice. Barrows. Barrows. Right, yeah, Barrows. Yeah. I was really surprised. I'd never, that was never on my radar. I had, so I had seen it because I, I got an email from the High West fucking like fan club or, or whatever, the thing I signed up for, you know, oh, okay. on their website. And they said it, but it was a, um, the, the uh, sorry, the email said it was the distillery exclusive. It was going on sale. You could come by and pick it up, limit two bottles a person, whatever. Um, so I never expected to see it, and it was there. The thing I liked about it, it's like what I do like about bourbon, is when you taste it, um, it's layered, man. There's a lot of layers in that bourbon, and... Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. That was a pleasant surprise. And then what about the glass ram? What? Remind me what the hell, because that was really pretty good. So that was an old, I still feel terrible about that. That well, was it's, old. A, it's not around anymore. That was an old uh, cognac. Um, was in a really, really cool, um, was it a ram, horse, or goat? It looked like a horse, but it was a ram. Yeah, it was something like that. And uh, it was absolutely delicious. was very good. And it got it got hand-swiped off a table and fell to its demise. I am very sorry about that, guys. It should be awesome. Um, but uh, it was very good for what we had of it. It was very good. But... Um, there was something else I was wanting to talk about, which was crazy. They had about a million people come out. My son, Gavin, and his wife, Kelsey, and little Savannah chalked on down there to Memorial Hill and watched it and whatever. I thought it was, was fantastic. God, what a beautiful day they had for it. It was yeah. like, what, mid-60s? Yeah. I mean, great. good for them. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have been there. But, of course, we, we had our blowout out there at the Cigar Vault, which was great. Um, <clears throat> who ended up winning the uh, the uh, cigar vault shirt? Uh, one of one of the their regulars, there. yeah, Sarah, one of the Sarahs. How about remember. those signed posters? Because I never signed anything. I didn't sign any of these guys' <laughs> posters. Like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. I guess we ought to sign a few. Yeah, of them. we should <laughs> sign them. Anyway, um, um, yeah, I uh, the thing I was curious about how is Reed been in the game now? Are we thinking twenty years? Yeah, well, he was with the Eagles from Oak 3, I think. Hang on. That I actually want to look up. I don't want to be wrong on that. But he was. And everybody's coming back with um, everybody's coming back with Kansas City. And obviously they're going to do some adjustments. Yeah, he was with the Eagles from 99 to 2012. And then um, came over. So. Everybody's coming back with Cincinnati. Yeah, we know. Yep, yep. Eagles have lost their defensive coordinator. Yes, yes. And our offensive coordinator may, may be leaving for a head coaching job. Not with the Chiefs. Yep. Well, I just saw it. Uh, Eric Bieniemy might be leaving for a head coaching job. 
that must have just posted because last days night. Ago. Really? Huh? Yep. Well, I don't know why they were saying everybody was coming back. Maybe they're just saying. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I still think if you're looking at everything today, I still think you're looking at Cincinnati and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Although you got to figure Denver. Look. And it's, it's going to be more competitive. You think the Raiders are going to be more competitive? Yeah, we'll see. So it's even going to be. You, gotta, you can't forget about the Chargers, man. Like if they, they get their they get their vibe back. I mean, shit. They it's going again. Be there's no excuse or reason that they can't just go off like a madman and and be there too. You know, it'll be curious to see what happens in Vegas though with the Raiders. So what do you think of this uh, Allegria? I like it. Um, I, I like it. My ash is still hanging in there, and about an inch and a half in there. Did is by the way, I I haven't checked on anything. His car landed anywhere yet? Mm. Wow, that's kind of not that I've seen. That is annoying. Um, but uh. No, it's it's good, man. It's it's a it's a pure strain of ninety nine and ninety eight Criollo tobacco. So you're getting the um, in, in Criollo tobacco, you get kind of a natural sun grown essence to it. So the spices are uniquely forward, right? But they're not spicy. Like this cigar is not uh, like you know people say black pepper, the kind of pepper shaker spicy. No. This is more uh, I say snake oil spicy, right? Like it's more. This is more. And again, do I say this analogy? Do not take it as the taste, but the way hot sauce is spicy versus the way ground peppers are spicy. This has more of an oil texture to its spice. Um, but one of the best taste notes I've always got out of Criollo, 98, 99, either one really, um, is that, have you ever cooked salmon on a cedar plank? No. Like on a grill when it smokes up? I'm not a big salmon guy. Okay. Um, well, any kind of fish on a cedar plank. Yeah, have, I'm sure you've had one that way. You just didn't know. They, they do it a lot. But when that cedar heats up just before where it burns, you get this almost buttered wood taste and smell from it. Right? On Corojo, or on Criollo, you, that taste is what centers on my tongue. All the time, it's it's literally. I mean, and you can do it on any range of cigar. You've got one off Allegria here, or smoke a Rocky Patel Edge Corojo, right? You kind of taste it right away up on your tongue. You know, um, it was really fun with Aladino when they did the Corojo Reservas, because true Honduran Corojo, like I, in that amount, um, I don't think I'd ever smoked it. If I did, I didn't pay any attention to it, right, or just didn't know. But when you smoke it in that amount, it's so vastly different than Nicaraguan Crow or Criollo. It's so different. Which it's pronounced Criollo. There's Criollo and Corojo. These are uh, uh, Criollo. The two, they're the only two strands of, of tobacco. Uh, you have Corojo seeds and Criollo seeds. Those are the two strands of tobacco. Um, um, yeah, this is uh, Allegra is the blend of 98 Corojo and 99 Criollo. Um, so you get the both both varietals of tobacco in the cigar. I love it because this is a strong cigar, right? You feel it. But this is this is almost like when we smoked the Maria Lucia, the way the smoke and the body don't translate to the strength of the cigar, really, at all, right? Uh, Maria Lucia's <laughs> body would almost pretend or flirt that it's going to be a stronger cigar, and it wasn't a very strong cigar. 
and this, this is a stronger scar. You do feel the scar. Um, and it's not that the body isn't comparable or tied in with the strength of the cigar. It doesn't present itself that way. You know, it's a little drier. It's not as, there's not really much sweetness going on in the cigar. You know, so, you know, typically when you have a big body of smoke, there's sweet and then there's some kind of uh, harder texture that comes through, whether it's going to be a spice or it's going to be a wood or a, um, uh, a tanning or something like that, right? That's normally what's going to come through on the second half of it. And what's dope is it goes so well against that barrel cane. I have a little more of that. Yeah, it's getting a little... <clears throat> the cigar is getting a little more... I'm not saying mellow, but it's coming into his own right now for me. Um, I will say this. One of the nice things about that... Um, uh, the wax... Uh, is it sits real nice on the glass when you're pouring it. Mm -hmm. um, glass to glass. You know. Hey, this is an honest, real question. And if, if this is silly, let me know. Was Maker's Mark the first one to dip their bottles? Shit, I don't know. Do you know? That'd be a Google. At least in, in this aspect. Because I know there's some old bottles I have that are, are uh, wax dip. Yeah. Are, it's some sort of form of wax. Seal, right? I just meant like the, the long pastured side of it. You know, like I do know that Maker's Mark was the first one to let the legs go on it. Yeah. You know how like when you see a Maker's Mark bottle, there's like the... I would say you're probably right on down. the legs for sure. I mean, they even have a thing that they the legs are only supposed to go so far down the bottle. And if you find ones that go further, it's kind of a collect collector's piece. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> They actually do something really cool. Have you ever been at a whiskey event when Maker's Mark was there? Of course. So at the Whiskey and Winners and the Bourbon Society Festivals and all the things like that, and the, you know, the Midwest bourbon socials and all those things, when you go to that booth, they actually have someone there with a vat of wax, and they're dipping rocks glasses. You can actually get the rocks glasses. But again, rookie error, if you did not know this, you cannot put those in dishwasher. It will yeah, apart. that's a whole other issue too. What you can and cannot put in the dishwasher. I find there's a hell of a lot of shit you can't put in the dishwasher because my wife my put a coffee is mug says, and the whole thing went south. Yeah, my favorite is when it says dishwasher safe and it just like explodes in the freaking dishwasher. I guess it's literally the best. So I wanted to bring something up to you. I read this on a half wheel this morning. Um, I'm just going to read you the headline. Okay, then I'll get into the details of the article. All right, um, but. Oh, this just dropped too. Illinois legislator introduces bill to cap cigar tax at 50 cents. Holy shit, that would be great. Illinois tobacco prices would come out. <coughs> well, Excuse me. the bourbon, oh well, you know, spirits in general over there have a higher tax. Always stuff's more expensive in Illinois yeah. than here. So, Encinitas, California passes smoking ban on sidewalks and in parked cars. That's the headline. I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. I got a bill number and everything, bro. Like, I'm just so sick of real. everything being bad for us. Now they're going to ban, um, for everybody that's a cook, like me and Mark both like to cook. No, no, no. I grill. I can't cook. Okay. Big difference. Griller. I'm a cooker. <laughs> yeah, you're way better, Big. more advanced in the grilling Big difference. than I am. I just try to, uh, to master just certain things, like make a good ribeye. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like my cocktail. Make a good pina colada, margarita, a Manhattan, an old fashioned. And uh, same way with my, my plate, like, you know, good margarita. I mean, a good uh, ribeye. Yeah. What else do I cook? Uh, Cowboy beans. It. Cowboy beans. Cowboy beans. That's not a grill, though. I, I do that. But yeah, anyway, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's the, uh, the, the, the setting for this. So currently, the city prohibits people from smoking in city parks and trails on beaches and within the outdoor sitting areas and restaurants. Supporters of the bill claim that expanding the ban would not only improve air quality and public health, but reduce litter on streets and sidewalks as well as reduce youth from smoking. The bill would prohibit anyone from disposing of smoking waste, quote unquote, such as cigarette butts anywhere but specific receptacles designated for such waste. The funniest part about that is what... Um, smoking waste comes from a cigar. First of all, it's a natural product, right? Right. So I don't get that. A cigarette, when you drop that, you're usually dropping the filter, and the filter does not right. decompose. Or the the pack goes out the window. Right. Right. Or or, or whichever. You know. That's but a, a cigar. That's in, almost in like the saying grass or whatever is going to decompose. You can't natural chew product. bubble gum anymore because it sticks to sidewalks. Wow. Well, the thing I wanted to Just bring saying, up... Valid point. No gas stoves in a house anymore. That's what they're going after in now. In California, right? Or yeah, everywhere. they're trying to I read something they're saying that. that gas uh, creates an unhealthy uh, environment within your house that can cause issues. I'm like, what doesn't cause shit? No, that definitely will if you're using it to... <laughs> been there as a kid. <laughs> if you're using it to heat your living room, that could be an issue, right? That's also why you don't bring a trash can inside and burn trash in it in your living room. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why you have a vent yeah. over your stove yeah. to cook things. It's taking that byproduct out of I your mean, that's, that's like saying you, you can't swim in the ocean anymore because, unfortunately, some people drown. Right? That's not good. It's never good when someone drowns, but why can't I go swim in the ocean? You know what I mean? This is just, this, this bill is one of those immediate kind of proposals where the grouping that the, the FDA and kind of, I guess, the over, oversight committees have in grouping tobacco product together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I am still waiting, man. It's been 20 years, and I'm still waiting to see an 11, 12, 13-year-old kid walk into a cigar shop and buy a cigar. I'm waiting on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. Um, but I, f- I found that I found that funnier than hell. The ordinance should go into effect on June sixth. I don't know. That's fun. Um, have you heard about these uh, Fratellos vice versa cigar? No. So you know Scooby Drew reps Fratello. Um, so. I haven't smoked one of these yet, but I'm going to whenever they come in and we start seeing them in shops. Apparently, he found a way, don't know how, to roll a cigar. Both ends are capped. If you cut it from the right side or the yellow banded side, you will smoke a mild cigar. If you cut it from the red banded side or the right side of the cigar, you will smoke a full cigar. Now, the only way in my mind that I can think that's rolled that way is not even then that wouldn't make sense. That's crazy. I said if you, if you, if you move certain portions of the tobaccos that create 
the mild to fuller effect. Like, I wonder on this though, like the, I don't know that it's, it's strength. I, I don't. How does the smoke not, it's going through the cigar. So how, right. how are you not getting the other part as well? <clears throat> Doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, it's just for taste. Okay. Okay. I, I was, I was reading that and saw that wrong. The cigar's going to taste different depending on which end you go through. So certain tobaccos are, are heavier to one end or the other, but balanced through the actual blend so the cigar burns evenly, you'll taste the cigar different from either end that you smoke. So you could technically smoke two cigars. So basically what they're saying, in this cigar you can get, if you smoke it out of the right side, you're going to get this. You smoke it out of the left, yes. you're going to get that. And it's a cool looking cigar, man. I mean... Yeah. Oh, that is really interesting. That's cool. It's capped on both ends. It's you know, I haven't smoked one yet. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I need at least two, you know, because I want to smoke them. Like, I want to cut them at the same time and smoke them back to back to yeah. see if you really, if it's that significant of a difference in them. Yeah, that's just like, I still get people asking me about the dipping of their cigars. Yeah, someone uh, talked to me about that last night, and I said, you know, well, one, once you buy the cigar, it's yours, you know. Um, there, you know, there is a... a Again, I, oh, sorry about that. I don't know where, that, it's, it would probably be really hard to pin down where that came from. Well, I can tell you, we did it here at this very Yeah, table. but we did it because we were making fun of fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's yeah. why we did it, because he said that he only smokes cigars when he dips them in tequila and rubs them down and lubes them up and then just, nah, Yeah, but he know. also has silkies and baby this is miniature true. horses these eating things, dinner with these, these too. things. So, I, I, I mean, did not say he was normal. I'm just uh, telling you why we did it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, uh, he, sorry, I'm off that. Um, oh, you stole my train of thought. Oh, the dipping thing. Um, I've understood, um, it, I believe it's a pairing thing. I really do. Like to try and taste the cigar with the whiskey. And I am sure there's a way that if you just ever so slightly touch the cap to the whiskey, they hit your lips. By the time you drew the smoke through, it would dry the cap out. I'm sure there's something to that. But the thing is, when people dip the cigar, they dunk it. Yeah. No one touches it and goes. I think last night I was showing people how you blow smoke into the glass. You know, I think I really think that if you really want to taste the smoke and what it does with the whiskey immediately, it's how you settle the smoke into the glass. Yeah. I you know. Yeah. I know we've guy. done that, and that's pretty good. I. Um, there is now I remember when my son went to Springfield and I went to a bar and had my Pappy 15 for the first time I had a cigar with me and what I did is I dipped it it went like blink in and I pulled it out and I let that cigar sit for an hour and then I went out back um, I want to say it was J-O-B in Springfield one, one of the top at, at that time, this was probably seven years ago, probably at that time, one of the top bourbon bars in Missouri. Um, and, and it was okay. I mean, it wasn't a, a big revelation. Well, see, and, and, and that's a little bit of a different thing too, right? Like, because seasoning methods on cigars to get them to taste certain ways, that's kind of how they happen. You know, they, they wet in the wrapper and then it, it, it's applied to the cigar and the cigar dries naturally inside a human environment. And, you know, there you go. That's how you get some of those tastes and things like that, right? So if you were to do that, I'm sure it would have an effect on the cigar, most definitely, at least how long it would stay lighter or burning uh, temperature. Um, but if you were to dip it, let it dry, and then put your lips, I'm sure that would do something different. But again, 
my thing is no one touches it, no one does that, sets it down, lets it dry, they dunk it, and then it goes right into their mouth, you know? That just, one, that introduces way too much. You've seen what happens when you smoke a cigar, and there's too much moisture on the cap, right? Yeah. Maybe you're over salivating or, or what, what have you, you know, and then the cap pulls off because the moisture removes the glue and you get the whole, the entire cap facing comes off. Dunking that into a whiskey is going to add excess moisture, right? And then it would also be fun to see someone take a cigar and dunk it. You know, I have seen guys do both ends, etc. Dunk it into 126 plus proof whiskey and put a flame to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know what happens when you spit it into a fire, right? Go yeah. ahead and introduce a flame to it. <laughs> if you want fireworks, you have fireworks. So, um, what do you think coming into, uh, we always talk about this as we get into the year, right? What are you excited about? What, what's a company you're excited to see grow this year? Hey guys, FFK here. Make sure to tune into every episode of Craft and Boodle. And don't forget that as listeners, you guys receive a 15% discount on the entire order when you shop at my store. Promo code CraftBoodle15. Once again, CraftBoodle15. Make sure you follow me at Instagram at FFK underscore stands so you can receive that discount. And once again, thanks for listening and thanks for enjoying the podcast. So what are you excited for? What company? Now, in what are, are we and talking about? you can't say Craft Imperial. In, in, in the cigar industry, you're saying, right? No, car industry. Okay, I'm just trying to clarify. <laughs> I didn't know. We talk about bourbon. We talk about cigars. This is true. Let's start with cigars. Let's start yeah. with cigars. Well, um, two, two of the cigar companies that are close to our heart, obviously, you know, Crown Heads and... Um, uh, I don't know if it's a mind fart. Tatuaje. Well, Tatuaje. Oh, Luciano? Luciano? Luciano. Luciano. Um, and then, of course, Tatuaje. Those are probably our other three that we really enjoy. Um, it's just interesting. But I think because of um, the things that have happened this past year with Crown Heads and, um, God. Luciano. Luciano. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see... What happens this year? Well, I will. I will share this with you. Uh, Luciano's building a second factory. Um, I want to say seventeen thousand square foot factory. Um, that's going to handle. I guess uh, we were late to the Maria Lucia game. Maria Lucia, Maria Lucia has been selling so amazingly, amazingly well. It's coming in new sizes, and a portion of this new factory, its direct rolling job is Maria Lucia. Have we? Have we smoked that? We smoked it last week on the podcast. Really. That lit. We smoked the Maria Lucia. We okay. had it with the Penelope toasted, and then we had uh, yeah. Fearless Double Up. Yeah. I bought, oh, I bought that box, by the way. I got to give you your cigars. I forgot about Oh, that. I know. I was yeah. like, I was that. like, well, that that was a quick podcast last week. Yeah, uh, we banged through right. that. Yeah, I, I had so I was kind of like, just, yeah, but. that was like, uh, I was on a slip and slide on that. Mm-hmm. We were we we're done and we were up, but yeah. Um, oh, I thought that was a great cigar. It just caught me kind of off guard. Because but, I so, look to you because you're, you're on a daily basis on this and I'm kind of... That's big news for the Luciano side, you know? Like, I'm I'm really curious. Oh, and I want to correct something I said in that podcast, guys. I, when we were talking about Luciano, I said the Dreamer before the Traveler. The Traveler was the original Lancero that Luciano had uh, by Ace Prime uh, Tobacco Laboratory. 
The Dreamer came second, and then that's the one that went to its other four or five sizes. So I wanted to make sure I put that out there because I did. I was listening to it. Or I was watching the uh, Patreon video uh, when I was doing cigars the other night, and I caught that, and I was like, oh, you dumbass. I said it backwards. But, um, uh, yeah, Crown, I'm excited, man. Um, Calaveras is definitely coming. We know that. We've already kind of – he's starting to do the post-out stuff. Um, I am intrigued. Uh, Le Carême is coming in a new size. A little short. It's like a four and a half by 54. A little short guy. That starts shipping, I think, in March. I think that's what I said, in March. Um, yeah, I'm actually incredibly curious about Tatuaje because Tatuaje canceled 22 SKUs this week. Um, I know I haven't been able to talk. I thought I sent you the article, but I haven't been able to do it yet um, just because I'm, I'm going to go straight with inherently lazy to do that. So, um, But hang on, I'm going to tell you because... And when you look, when you listen to this list, it's definitely got something to do. Like in the industry, I didn't know over the next year and some change, there's going to be a shortage on broadleaf, aged broadleaf, just because of some moisture complexities in San Andreas and, and Pennsylvania, other areas that grow broadleaf. Um, but all of these, I'm going to run down these real quick, just so I can say, okay? Uh, not every one, but. All the Cabaguan Guapos, so that's the um, Maduro sizes of Cabaguan, gone. El Suelo Campo, gone. La Mijon 1999, gone. Saragus Crystal Baller, Saragus Satin Glove, Tadawai J21 Broadleaf, Noelos Broadleaf, Regios Broadleaf, um, uh, Broadleaf Reserva, Mexican Experience, Mexican Experiment ME2 in all of its sizes, Tatuaya Tobacco Favoritos, uh, Chocadero Cambon, Chocadero Hanare, and Chocadero Montaigne. All of them are gone. So, you know, I the way I look at that, and this this could just be from a, a common sense point of view, but sometimes common sense does not work, you know, when you're looking at things. Big plans don't always have to have common sense. I don't see why you remove 22 SKUs to add new ones. You know what I mean? Well, haven't they deleted and then bring back? So even though they delete some SKUs and then, you know, seven years go by or whatever, and then something's brought back. Well, I know Tatuaje's done that before. I don't too. necessarily know that they were, you know, deleted and Or maybe gone. there was some special products that were put yeah, out. Yeah, so the biggest one that, that we know about is, is that when the T110 came out, right? So the original T110 Habano was done for a shop in 2000, in Hawaii actually, in 2007. Right, I remember and that And then story. the T110s dropped. Then right after that, um, you had all of the, um, oh shit, I'm drawing a blank on the cigar. The, uh, it'll come to me. But Tatawai did another release on the on smaller, the smaller ring gauge sizes there and, and length of the Vitola. Um, but that's, that's kind of crowd please, right? Like you could also say the same thing, like why are the monsters being redone? You know, it's not, I firmly believe it's that, you know, the monsters got such a fanfare behind them that, you know, you have newer smokers that got in and fallen in love with Tatuaje and then they're looking around trying to find these monsters and things like that. And, and I think there were success options that came from that, right? When you had those uh, Cazadores monsters in the, in the collector box, then you had the skinny monsters in the collector box. Then you had um, Monster Mash, right? Gone. You can't find those anymore. They are gone, right? And then the consistent sale of skinny monsters over the past, I think they started doing those in 16, right? 15 or 16 maybe? 
So almost the past decade, you've seen those continue to grow. I think he wanted to bring those back, and he's still doing it in homage to the original boxes, just altering the size a little bit. I think that's there, but if you get rid of 22 SKUs, like, you, you know the monster's coming this year, you know, because it's, 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 it's the plan for the next 14 years. Do we already know what it is? Uh, it should be. So we went Frank Drac. I believe it's... Mm, Are you saying Wolf? Mommy? Oh. Wolf, I think. It's Wolf or Face. Wolf or Face is next. And then we'll go to Jekyll and Hyde. Then you get Bride, Chuck Tiff. Technically, Karloff was done, you know, if you remember that. Uh, I may have that order a slightly crooked. I'm not, I don't remember where Mummy fits in there. Mummy might be before Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, Jason. Oh, no. Yeah, it's Wolf and Jason. So I think Wolf is this year. Well, according to Casey, you should know your monster. Because I was like, I think it's kind of complicated. You should know my monsters, yeah. yeah right, because yeah, you look but, at that box, and if you just empty that box... Well, uh, I'm running the colors through my head. I know, I just... The one I forget is the order of Mummy, Jason, and Wolf before you get to Jekyll and Hyde. Because I don't think Bride... I think Bride came after Jekyll and Hyde. And then you had Chuck, Tiff... Yeah, one, two, three. No, I'm missing one. Oh, face. Yeah, face is in, face is in there too between Wolf, Jason, and Jekyll and Hyde. I just don't remember where they in the years went out, and I'm not typing that to look it up. But um, yeah, so I'm very curious about Tatuaje in that in that retrospect. And um, uh, you know, Crownheads. I think Crownheads is going to keep doing their thing. You know, it, it. I just hope there's not a crazy amount of quote LEs that, that drop. You know, uh, it'd be really cool to have Lake Rambellicoso back this year. Um, it'd be the first kind of back-to-back -back year uh, since 21. So, or no, 19, 19 maybe, 18, 19. I don't know. But um, oh, who was I? Uh, damn, who was that? Oh, it's Illusion. I'm really curious to see because I haven't seen any of the new box facings because they changed their whole image on boxes. So you know how you see all the Illusion boxes now? They're just cedar boxes. A little bit of lettering, numerical work on the box. Very Cuban-esque done. They went to uh, graphics and kind of artistry on the boxes now. And I'm really curious to see the expansion or what it does for Illusion. They'll be very curious about it, you know. I hear you. Yeah. So. How about bourbon? What do you think of bourbon? Well, I think we're uh, time to move on to our next little guy here, which... Um, Give me a second. What? Um, I thought I had my cheaters with me, apparently. I don't. I, I guess I'm not the last minute. I got you. What do you got? So, and you know a little bit about this. Yes, this is I'm weather, happy though. about that. Finished in a, uh, this next uh, pour we're going to do, and this is St. Louis. Yes. So Withered Oak is actually, uh, if you're around St. Louis, you've been to St. Louis, I have no doubt you know what Four Hands is, Four Hands Brewery. Um, Withered Oak is their sourced whiskey project that's done through, I want to say it's 1720 Spirits. Is that written on there? Let me say that. I think it's 1720 Spirits. Um, shit. I don't know. But, oh, I haven't had this one. I have not had this one. So anyway, the bottom but, line is yeah, they, they source they, they source the whiskey. Yeah, they source the whiskey in. Um, 
and then they blend it here, barrel it here, or move it to their barrels here, and then bottle it here. Yeah, but they're so, finishing it too as well. Yeah, that's right? why they're so moving to barrels or whatever they're doing. So this is the same thing that Barrel King does. Yes. And I believe it's MGP. And I can ask, um, I can check with uh, Brian, he's the sales manager there. This is out of the ones that I've heard because I was a little um, shaky on what was actually going on. And then, and I think Soifer, the Mad Russian, um, is kind of on top of this too. Yeah, well, this let, is Lit Cigar Lounge brought these in um, yeah. and tasted on them. And I had had at one of those like farmer's markets, or I think maybe we were down at Four Hands one time and it was there. There was a withered oak I'd had before that I just, I kind of shelved it with Rieger. Like, ugh, eh, whatever, you know, fine. But then uh, Brian, the sales manager there, poured these. Uh, not this one. I have not had this. We'll tell you the barrel finish on this in a second. But there's a, uh, oh, what are they? They're, I'm not going to be able to tell you which bottles they were. I just know it's not one of these. Um, tried them both, and they were, they were fantastic. Uh, one was a bourbon. The other is a rye. But it's not that rye. It was a cast strength rye. Um, but early on, a lot of these weren't all that good. No, but I think you can say that with, uh, you want to tie that back in, in, in the cigars. You know, you look at, um, actually one that I will throw out there that a lot of people have kind of, they've, they've become so accustomed to the new side of the brand that they've kind of forgot. Macanudo from General Cigar has been around for 40 some years in the capacity that it is right now, right? So when you look at all the vintages, the Royal Reserves, the Hampton Courts, the King's Guard, all of those cigars, they're very mild, easy-going cigars. There was a few that kind of stepped up in their strengths and bodies on them. Um, the Macanudo Inspirado series came out, which is a play on some of those older blends, but they brought them out to create a linear portfolio, right? So you got white Inspirado, green Inspirado, black Inspirado, red Inspirado. Um, Green and black might switch, but I'm pretty certain as far as strength goes, that's kind of the left to right, mild to full. Um, but now if you go back and I find you a Hampton Court and smoke it, I mean, I, I never found anything. Even when I was not a big strength smoker, though I, I, I would not smoke those. They were well, they the were first young, Macanudo that they we were... smoked together that I ended up really enjoying. And I've had a lot of Macanudos too, but that red label, mm-hmm. you'll be able to tell me what it is because we've... On the Red Label and Sprato. Right. I, that was I, the I one where, where really Wreck It Rusty was on the podcast on that St. Patrick's Day. Where yeah. They were having the uh, Barstool Sports Putting event at Litz Car Lounge. And uh, we um, we were sitting there and I was talking shit. I'm like, dude, there's not a Macanudo you can give me that I'll smoke. And he pulled out that box of Red and Sprato. We have a box of them. Yeah. <laughs> we had, shit, that was in 19? 20. That was in 20. No. Could have been 20. The 21. No, 21. Yeah, 21. So they're about two years old. So there's still fucking 12 of the 20 in that box. You know? Um, but, yeah, so back, back to Withered Oats, sorry. It's it's very good. What I was saying about that, I kind of got off track there. I apologize. But when they first started sourcing it and doing it, you know, I don't know. I don't know the mechanics of how you go from brewing beer to distilling whiskey or sourcing and aging whiskey. I know it sounds as easy as you go get a, you pay it, buy a barrel from someone, then you got the barrel you want to put it in, you pour it in there, you wait on it, you test it, you taste it, you like it, you pull it out, right? But I know for a fact it is not that easy, <laughs> okay? Um, so over time, they've been able to, I'll say perfect it, right? 
Um, I'm excited about this. So this is, um, you know, I'll do, you don't mind if I do it, right? No, okay. go ahead, yeah. So this is withered oak, and Patreon, you guys can see that there. There you go. Uh, withered oak, now this is the small batch rye. It's 95 proof, 47 and a half ABV. Finished in port and Caribbean rum casks. Which means this is gonna be candy. It should, at least. I've so had it, I thought it was ready, good. If you're ready, sir. Yeah, I've had it, I thought it was good, it was worth the purchase. Now I'm curious about this Allegria against that. Because this held up phenomenal against the Barrel King. At 120, what, seven, six, three, whatever we saw it at? 123. And we're coming down to what, reading the label should be a sweet ride. I need to put a button on here for like romantic music when we're lighting our cigars and not talking. Like elevator tunes. All right, cheers. Oh, the nose is pretty clear. That is not nearly as sweet as I thought it'd be. <clears throat> no, and then to put a taste profile on it, it's another one of those a little hard for me because I felt like it was a little heavier on the tongue. Like some of it dan dances around in your mouth and whatever. And uh, yeah. this was for me a little bit more on my tongue. And then, um, and what was the proof on it? it 95. 95, yeah. so that's why. It just kind of dances around the tongue a little bit, and uh, but it's not like blowing my mouth up or anything like that. Ninety-five proof, you know, maybe a little bit of, the, of that is the proof. But I'm very excited about this whiskey because this will mark maybe the third time I disagree with you. This, this, um, I don't, there, I don't have. There's not a lot of mouthfeel on this bottle at all for me. Like it's. When, when you when you when you swallow it and the whiskey passes and then you you kind of breathe through your nose your mouth however you finish your retro whatever you're doing there's a like a it, it's it's not as sweet as I thought it would be and maybe that's the the combination of the spice and the rye being met with all that sweetness right Caribbean rum cast and port you know you're heightening the sweet finish on it um, it. And, and again, this could be the cigar too, right? Yeah, and, and by the way, um, going back to the cigar, I'm get, I'm a little disappointed in this cigar because this is like the third time you've been talking. You you got some, but I've been. I'm a two puffer a lot of times. Sometimes it's a big two puffer. You heard it. Draw, two puffer. Two and then you know I, I'm working that smoke a little, and I've had to light this thing like three times, and I never talk as much as you. I'm a ten puffer. No, I'm just saying normally. A ten puffer, I'm a two puffer, <laughs> and I've had to like this goddamn thing. Like I don't know, a couple times now. That's I'm gonna go with operator and a oh, crack lighter so. and a crack lighter. I'm gonna man, yeah. we're gonna disagree a lot today. I'm just enjoying the shit out of this. This is gonna be fucking great. It's canoeing. We don't have a lot of whole air moving around in here. No, not at all. Actually, that's what's been really crazy. Uh -oh. You know, the the guy the guys are working on Jimmy's new door behind us, um, but they're. 
doors open. I mean, there's a breeze coming through here. Yeah. Are you guys putting a roof in? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Ten. No shit. Oh, I guess I should pay attention to what's going on. Right on. Oh, you're back, so. Yeah, well, you know, still, I just thought I'd put a door on. Oh, that's going to be the spot right there. Make sure we get some tables high enough for these mics. Um, but I, that's what I find. It's, a, it's good. Um, it's just not as sweet as I expected. So I might put the cigar down for a little bit. Clean this up, and then I want to try it again. because I don't. You're saying there's a lot of tongue presence to it? I felt like... Maybe it's this glass. Nose that and tell me if you're getting anything on the nose. Nothing. Okay. Of course, now. Well, you know. Nothing. It's like very clean, right? It's, it's, yeah, it it's, is. It reminds me of Evan Williams. Uh, what is it? That is it a, a, a eight year, nine year? Oh, I don't. But there is a, a, a real nice little um, clean, sweet that just drops on my tongue and then just kind of dissipates for me. You're gonna laugh at this. Put the cigar down. No, no, no draw with, with the pour. Oh my God, I have to light it again. It's, <laughs> it, it, uh, it finishes <coughs> like pineapple. Oh God. I better take some water. <laughs> I don't know. This is confusing because it's good. I don't know how to explain that this whiskey at all. Like it, it Are tastes we need to great. Be crackers like oyster it, crackers. It, it, it tastes great, but I, there's not. I mean, there's. It's got more of an aftertaste, a, a finished retro than it than I think it does like across the palate itself. It's. I don't. <laughs> Start snorting whiskey. We're, well, okay. You start snorting whiskey. I have I'm a taking big wide you know, open glass rocks glass that I'm drinking this out of, and you do have kind of a a crystal glass that has a little bellow in it. I'm a baller, I have a big bro. open about? That's probably why I'm not getting shit on the nose. But no, I just I think it's a clean finish. I think the this would be this would be fun to find out the actual mass bill on that. Like it it, it can't be 100 percent rye. Well, obviously it's not. I'm sorry, I, I can least definitely taste a rye in there for sure. But, but the pineapple. I don't know, man. It's got a... I don't know. This is... Mm. Whoa. Yeah, pineapple's gone. That, I don't even know if gone. it was ever there. It was there. Fuck you. It was there. <laughs> I think that's... Um, Aloha. Uh, um, there was... This is so hard. I don't think we've had a whiskey that did have... I mean, again, I'm not some fucking profound... We haven't done that Evan Williams in a long time. We did. We did do the Evan Williams White Label just a few weeks ago. The, that the was a little proof, different. The Bottle of Mon. Or is that Bottle of Mon or just a 100 proof? That was just a 100. 100 proof? Yeah. Okay. Well, That's what I thought. Well, well, there's a difference between a 100 proof and a Bottle exactly. of Mon. You know, I mean, you can cut it to 100 proof or you follow the, the Bottle of Mon mandate and, I'm and fairly yeah. confident unless somebody's gonna tag you or whatever i think that's a bottle and bottle mm. well no you can text me when you get home um now is it god that is fun that is 
anyone that can get on this with a dope. Like I'm gonna get a, I want to get a couple bottles of this. Um, uh, I did order us a couple bottles of that Redemption wheat bourbon though we had last night. Dude, that that I I've never seen it. I uh, I don't dislike Redemption. I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite rum casks that was ever finished was when Redemption did that rum cask. I don't have a lot of. You know what? I don't have any redemption in my vault. You got it. You got. You got to find the rum gas, but you got to find the old label. The new label sucks. Um, so the original label on it was this white label. It had like blues and pinks and purples and palm trees and said finish and plantation rum barrels. I don't have any redemption. They did that run out, and now it's just a, a, a burlap colored, like burlap sack colored label. It says redemption. Rum cast finish, plantation rum. It's not as cool as the original kind of peacocking uh, label they had, which was cool. Peacock. Yeah, flaring it up, showing off, peacocking. Oh or scoreboarding. That's a new one I picked up. Scoreboarding. Oh my god, now I got hiccups. What you got the... water right there. <clears throat> oh, it's going to make a funny joke, but I'm not going to do it. It's going to be a funny joke. But, um, oh, that was the other cigar I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm really, really, I wouldn't say excited, but I'm curious. Um, do you remember the Yagua that we smoked from JC Newman? Okay. Remember the cigar was like, mine was kind of in a triangle. Yours was smashed and, and look, the, the Yagua. Um, it's an old, old Nicaraguan blend that JC Newman had done. X amount of years ago, kind of got rid of it. But what I'm, what I'm getting, it's not Jason Newman, but it deals with him. Arturo Fuente is opening a factory in Nicaragua to create Nicaraguan Fuente cigars. They've got blends. They've got, uh, Carlito has some of Carlos Fuentes. His, his dad's old blends that, you know, because a, a lot of people don't know when you look at, when you talk about Arturo Fuente, before the Fuente family settled in the Dominican Republic, they left Cuba and went to Nicaragua. They, the original facilities happened in Nicaragua. Then they moved over to the DR. You know? Um, so, I'm very, very, because this year we're going to start having blends. I believe at PCA some of those initial blends should come out. Um, so at least samples to try them. Uh, you probably won't see a lot of production or... Uh, I shouldn't say production, um, actual uh, retail spots, probably until next year, 24th. Um, and when is the PCA? Is that November? July 7th to 11th. Oh, so it'll be midsummer. Yeah, right after the 4th of July. I'm glad they changed to the second week, because normally that show, it, it has been for the past, when it was IPCPR, PCA, um, I'll say the last eight shows, I think, were on 4th of July weekend. And we, did we talk about possibly... Yes. We're going to be down there. We're going to go down to Vegas for the show. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, whether it's a day, day or two, three days, we're going to be down there for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get down there. It'll be fun. Uh, we're going to media pass it, though. So we'll get some, uh, you'll get to meet people you want to meet. Um, we'll have a, I've, I've wanted to take you to Vegas since the first time we fucking hung out. Yeah. Because I feel like you would do Vegas the way I do Vegas. I'm not a gambler. I'm not at all. When I, when I win money, 
Okay, if you're not a gambler. Hey, first of all, first of all. I've never even been to Vegas if you're not a gambler. Yeah, no, check, check. This. I'm not kidding. And anyone that's been to Vegas with me will tell you this. I told you last night, I gave the money I won away. You know what I mean? But I have no problem. Like, because it's when, you, when, you, when you're sitting at a bar, like, and I don't think you can find, if you're on the strip, there's not a bar that doesn't have video games in front of you, right? Man, you pop a hundred bucks in it. I'm sitting there smoking. I put, I, I, I play the Kino game. I pick five numbers. I hit auto spin. That damn game will spin for three hours. You're sitting there smoking, whatever. You win five here, 10 here, 12 here, whatever. Da, 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 da. I just so happen to be sitting there and all five numbers clicked on the bottom of this thing and boom, cash payout, right? That's my, my extent. Roulette. I like roulette. I love roulette. So, but I, the reason I love roulette is. I'll, I'll put, go to a roulette table, put $200 down, okay? Most roulette tables now and in, 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 in on the strip, if you go to Old Town, you can play some $3 tables, you know, but most of the shows about $10, $15 minimum, right? And it's all because I played nine numbers. Now. No, 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 I'm, I'm talking real boards, like real, like old real, school. Yeah, real boards. Dealer checks the chips, yeah. counts the chips, deals the chips, et cetera. But they also have a very fun segment that I enjoy. They do have video roulette, but they also have automated roulette, where you sit in this round round chamber, you're playing on a screen, but it's an automated, the, the roulette um, spinner is still there. And then when your time runs out, the ball comes in, the, the computer spins the wheel and drops the ball. You wait a little longer because, you know, the computer spins it, it probably spins a lot faster than when a dealer hits it and drops the ball. But it runs out and you can just sit there and, and you're talking $3 minimums on those, you know? But what I love about roulette is like that night we, I was sitting there playing, but I was out with $200 and walked away with 750 bucks. I was there for four and a half hours because I play the same nine numbers every time. I might miss every number 10 turns in a row, right? I lose 150 bucks, it hits one number, at my $5 bet it pays out $185. Then you do it again. And when again, I go to Vegas, I'm just ready to look. That's at not people. right. Eighteen to one. Yeah, dude, that's the best part. I like to walk around, smoke so good cigars. I like to look at people. I like to have my little on the roulette, the roulette table. And I remember. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I had a brother, and when I lived in uh, Heber, always wanted to take me to Vegas. Finally, we go. We got, uh, and I want to say it was the Palms, and that could be wrong, but we sat around, um, we did some wine flights and whatever, but then we got on the roulette Is the Palms still there? Sir, is the Palms still in Vegas? Oh, I haven't been in a while. Oh, okay. So anyway, regardless- We got a fan, guys, we got a fan. Hey. We got a viewer, yeah, we got a viewer. <laughs> this is awesome. Regardless of how we went there, I, you know, I usually start on the roulette 20 bucks, or I'm sorry, $100, I start rolling my chips, and anyway, the night's rolling, and me and my buddy are having a good time. We're liquored up, having a great time. Is and this I'm, the wine flight story? Yes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. winning. I, I had a, I was, at one point, I called it the Twin Towers, and I had a little young guy behind me. Hey, you shouldn't say that. Every time I am, he's like dropping $1,000 on everything I'm betting, and he's winning. He won $5,000 on my bets, 
and then he disappeared. What, are, what did I come did out I with? Did I tell you? Maybe I won seven, $800 because I'm playing with 20s and he's playing with Did I tell you about the Chiefs fan that I was at the game with? No, huh? So, okay, so we, we, get, we go to dinner. I, I, win, I, I won that money on that machine. We go to dinner. I hand it off everything but $400. And I was like, I'm going to play roulette for the rest of the fucking night. Okay. We sit down, we're playing. I'm winning, you know, I'm winning 100 here. You know, I, I won 500 at one point. Like, the chips are, you know, I'm coloring up to actual chips and pocketing. You know, the reason that it was cool is I walked away. When I got done, I lost all my chips. I had $370 in my pockets of chips, right, to actually cash in. And um, we're sitting there, and you know how I am. I get a, uh, I don't, I don't, don't touch me if I don't know you, you know. And uh, this guy walks up behind me and goes, what the fuck's up? I go to, I literally was this way, went to spin around. Oh boy, caught my hand. I look back, it's the family we were sitting with at the Chiefs game against Raiders. Oh, oh, They come up, they sit down, they're like, hey, you didn't get to meet my future son-in-law. We're here for the wedding. They're doing the whole Elvis thing. And I was like, oh, no shit. My sister-in-law did the same thing. Like, oh, it's great. You know, whatever. We sit down he goes, Chiefs numbers only. Oh. We hit 15 three times. Wow. Three times in 10 spins. Wow. Yeah. So then, like, we're, we're sitting there, we're playing, and he goes, you don't have any money on the board? I'm like, yeah, I got $50 at a time on green. He goes, why? I'm like, it hadn't hit all night. And I got, I got like, 12 spins. All it has to do is hit once. I always give a little love to zero. Sure as wins. shit. Sure as shit. It pinged that next turn. 1285. Done. Like it. Like well, it. no, don't like it. That night I walked away with $500, so it, it, it was whatever. But it was cool, man. I mean, it, it was just like when when I go to Vegas, I'm, I'm saying I'm there for. Well, you've got a long history have, at Vegas. Yeah, but I do it the same fucking way. Yeah. Like the biggest annoyance with me is like anytime I go to Vegas, somebody goes with me, they're like, Let's go to shows. Let's go to clubs. Let's do this. Let's do that. I'm like, one, I'm not going into a club. Ever. Two. What would be a club, though? In, in, dude, they're in dance Vegas. clubs in Vegas. Oh. Da- you, know, you go to naked pool parties Oh, you mean like stripper bars? No, no, no. Well, I will go to Sapphire if you want to go to Sapphire. Club Sapphire is the best strip club in the world. It's well, the best. As long as yeah. they got good-looking ladies. So they're actually, and hopefully somebody from Vegas listening to this, this would be a lot of fun. They're very uh, um, sexist. So if you get there at 6 o'clock... Oh, oh my god I, I'm gonna say this and please do not hate me for any of this okay if it doesn't matter to you don't say it it's fine the working moms are on the pole at 7 o'clock the recreational drug users are on the pole at 8 o'clock the B class strippers come out at 10 o'clock A class comes out oh, okay. at about midnight they've always got two to three porn stars that are there to dance it's okay. literally so you just you just go late. That's all I'm trying to say. But no, like when when I go to Vegas, I I am there to eat. To some of the best restaurants in the world. I will tell you right now. You know how I am about the steak. You, you don't see me order steak out anymore. So I gotta I've lose ten pounds before I go. No, you put ten on. I don't matter. You get the water. Just put like ten pounds of money in and your pocket. What I'm saying is one of the best. I did this the last time we were there. I will try my very best to eat at this restaurant every time I'm in Vegas. Gordon Ramsay's Steakhouse in the Paris. One, they've got one of the coolest bars I've ever sat at in my life. It only has 12 seats, but when you're sitting there, you know, you get it. 
how do you even get into that? I mean, oh, reservations do money, dude. Oh, well. yeah, reservations all the time, all the time. If you know, let me put it this way: if you're in Vegas and you know you're going, say we're going uh, April first is a Friday, right? What? Okay, say we were going to go my birthday it was on a Saturday. On on Thanksgiving, you made dinner reservations. You know what I mean? Yeah. For that weekend, and you held them. Now, me, I always make my reservations at 9 o'clock at night because I know how the day is going to go. We'll be goofing off somewhere. We'll be doing something. Someone at 7.30 is going to say, oh, shit, we go up, we change, get cleaned up, you put the nines on, you roll out, and then we spend three and a half hours sitting there. just do. And that's not because I want to say this, and there are restaurants in St. Louis. I'll shout out to two. Ah, fuck, I can do it a lot. Man, I'll tell you, my, my three diehards, the bellwether in the city, Ruth Chris and Chesterfield and Annie Guns will always be my three fucking go-tos in a heartbeat. Right? You can spend three and a half hours there having dinner. And it's a reason. It's, it's because, yes, you can sit and have fun with the drinks. Yes, you can dive into conversation. But they also time the way they do their meals to your specifications. You know, now, if you're there late enough, they'll give you the kind of kitchen warning, right? But they, they, they handle your plate specification to your, your timing, like your timeline. And you can't do that in a lot of restaurants. You know, like there's, there's a few places that you, that you can. You know, Frazier's is amazing. You know, if you're down there to cocktail, I think they fully expect you to cocktail for two hours before you order food. And why is that? Well, it takes 25 minutes to get you damn drink. But you are never disappointed when the drink comes, right? I equate that to a cigar lounge or even a cigar bar, right? If you, you know that when you sit down in that chair, I don't care if you smoke an acid Sino, which is an itty bitty cigarillo, you're in that chair for 25 to 30 minutes. You grab a Robusto, depending on your smoking speed, you're there for 45 to an hour. Now grab an A or a Churchill. You're, you're in it. You're sitting. You're, you're dialing in. You know, it's something that I like to do it in my daily profession is, you know, I, when I say judge, I'm not saying judge as in I'm judging what you're smoking, but I'm judging your caliber of time based on what you're smoking. And the more often you smoke in front of me, I get to watch and understand how long you sit with a certain Vitola versus what you're drinking or what you're paying with. I get to play inside that, right? So I will know when you may come for a drink or when I need to come see you to see if you need another drink, right? Now take that a million times above what I just said, that was Gordon Ramsay's Steakhouse in Paris. I don't order steak when I go out because I'm pretentious about the way I want my steak. You've, you've eaten my steak. You understand the way that I cook my steak. I like it a certain way and I know that when you go to a steakhouse, I'm, I probably can't afford the steakhouses that personalize your cooking temperature, your seasoning, oh, and your to, to your specifics, right? Bro, I was at Gordon Ramsay's in Paris. I was sitting outside, not 10 feet from the bar. I, I was smoking a 15-year-old Inejo from Fuente, like, hanging out. They were bringing me drinks from Gordon Ramsay, bringing drinks. So when we got to the seats of the bar, the tab was already going. Nothing had changed in that. It, it was there. When the food came out, the way the drinks were made, the, the attention that was given in the appropriate time frame, 
It is hands down the best restaurant I've ever eaten at in my life. Is Gordon Ramsay's in Paris. But that's my thing about Vegas, dude. Like, well, that's when, where we're going when we go. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. At the bar. When I go to Vegas, the reason it's funny, like, I've had people ask me to go to Vegas with them. I'm like, well, what are you doing? They're like, well, we're going to do a show, then we want to go here, I'm going to hit the fucking Planet 31, we want to do this, we want to do that. I'm like, yeah, I'll go, but I'm going to grab my ass a seat at the Circle Bar. I'm going to fire some cigars. I'm going to get some martinis. I'm going <laughs> to get some pours. And I'll sit here for nine hours until dinner. That's what I'm going to do. The you know, best. that's how I do. I do Vegas. I'm there for the food. I'm there for the drink. I'm there for the... Like, bro, there are so many unique whiskey bars that are hidden inside some of these 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 uh, casinos and hotels and restaurants that you just... If you didn't know what you were walking into, you wouldn't know what's there. So the funny thing is when you say that, You'd like to take me to Vegas. I'd like to take you to New Orleans because that's the best. Well, then maybe I'll say New Orleans like you do. New Orleans, um, because I've eaten at Emeralds um, and I've eaten some of the eaten at some of the best restaurants in New Orleans, and they have their sauces and they have their things the way they do things down there, and uh, it's amazing. I, okay, I it's one of the so best eaten in New Orleans. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Look at me. Is that a knuckle sandwich? What is that? Knuckle sandwich. Yeah. Guy Fieri. What's up? We're talking food. Makes sense. Hey. So, we go to New Orleans. Yes. Right? Where would be the first place you would take me to smoke? You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music. Oh, of course I'm lighting. Yes. Um, Honestly, I have no idea. Because I haven't been in New Orleans, it seems like, in about six years. Because you got to think about it. Six six years ago, I was probably there uh, with my kids. And then... um, there's smokehouses. I think at that point, the last time I was there, I was not looking at smokehouses. Um, I was more about the music for me, and um, you know, there's just little uh, little puddle huts that you grab a cigar, or whatever, and you're smoking down there. I never was seeking that when I was going. So, down- what is what is the smoking rules in New Orleans? I have no idea. Because Wait, well, where have you smoked in New Orleans? on the street so the pretty open smoking rules exactly i guess but again maybe pre-covid and everything down there a lot of things have changed but probably the last place that i smoked was the blacksmith bar which openly smoked at the blacksmith bar with fantastic pina colada or um, uh, bloody mary's with long pickled string beans and stuff and it was fantastic there were open bars that you so a lot of things have changed since i've been down there so to give you that, I mean, we'd have. To, I mean, DJ, you know, uh, better looking than Jordan. He's a regular down there, and uh, we may, we may have to, you know, ask him some of these questions because I do not. You know, know. I never. DJ, brother, I love you. I never thought about that. So, you know, I I agree because I just talked to him at your Super Bowl party about that because I told him I want to go to New Orleans and let's do. It. 
Yeah, definitely. We should definitely plan that kind of layout and, and take a whole crew. Like bring, we should bring a collective group from all of our our uh, retail stores that carry craft bureau. We should we should take a craft bureau trip down there and, and enjoy it and have a good time with it. You know? first time um, I had uh, a Jave. Viaje. Viaje. Yeah, so you had the box on there. Oh, by the way, I got a box coming. The um, the buckshot, uh, mm-hmm. the zombie buckshots down there. Yeah, I got a box of the uh, buckshot twelves. They're on the way. They're coming for the match. Um, but oh, I need to give a big shout out real quick. I have a surprise for you. I'm not going to show it to you, but you're going to know the name once they're done. Woodworks STL. These are the newest sponsors of the podcast. They're going to have their own little add on here soon. Uh, but these, this is a father son team local to St. Louis that makes custom custom exotic wood ashtrays and they've created 18 craft imperial inscribed ashtrays for us so um wow a few select retailers are going to receive those um and we're going to maintain those for events for giveaways and then plus we'll have one at each of our individual homes um but we're very excited to sit down with them once the ashtrays are done and we're going to kind of pass their business on um to a couple of places. We're gonna, we're gonna have them do some unique things for uh, a, a lot of people because one thing that we really strive to do is to push the, the STL market and that's what we want to do. And we're, we're succumbed with cigar lounges. And I, if you've talked to me, the Viking personally, or if you've been anywhere with me or if you've talked with the Bourbon Cowboy and myself, we will tell you that you are so lucky to be a cigar smoker in the 314-636 area code. Within 25 miles of wherever you're currently sitting inside those area codes, you have access to some of the best lounges and some of the best cigar bars, in my opinion, in the country with what they provide. You can get the, gl- the glutes and glamour and all the fun stuff that's always going to happen, but you will not get the vibe that you feel in this city, the, the camaraderie that comes inside this city. Um, and this is, I'm not a St. Louis boy, we all know this, and, and I've adapted to it. It is, uh, it is a beautiful market and nothing will stop that. So we're very excited to be working with Woodworks STL. Um, I'll tag them in when the post, when it goes up. Uh, Patreon, I'll send all the fun stuff to you guys. Um, some of you guys are getting ashtrays too, by the way. That's the excess of the ashtrays. But um, yeah, New Orleans I want to go to because I, I, I talk a lot about We've been to Key West together and we've both been fucking over a dozen times, right? Collectively, you know. And the beautiful thing about down there is you can smoke anywhere, right? Yeah. Keep going. At least the way I've always described it. And one of the places that I'd like to go and. and Obviously, if me and Marco together, we're going to do podcasts down there. Um, they do have a Bourbon Cowboy bar down there, which we talked about pre-COVID, trying to get down there and do a podcast, which I think would be uh, fun. But I've got a long history with New Orleans of going down there to the jazz festivals. Um, Bojack and the Zydeco High Rollers were some of my favorite um, we used to go and meet with him out at the Rock and Roll Bowl, which is a bowling alley just north of um, downtown, you know, New Orleans, uh, Bourbon Street and such. And um, there's the River Shack, which I love, which is out on the um, 
levy or the berm, whatever they want to call it down there. And um, I've got a, a wide variety of places I could take part. Original Tipitinas. A lot of these places now have satellites as well as the House of Blues, which has always been one of my favorite. After uh, Isaac Taggart um, sold House of Blues, for you guys who are familiar with Isaac Taggart, he started the House of the um, Hard Rock Cafe, and then he ended up selling that and starting the House of Blues, which originally um, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi had a big part in uh, being with Isaac and starting the original House of Blues, which was pretty much dedicated to the blues. And um, they just have a fantastic uh, restaurant there, as well as continuous blues shows, and you know, you know, top acts from all over the the world to play there and they have an amazing uh, Sunday brunch which is fantastic but the real key about New Orleans is just walking around and seeing all the diverse people that come there uh, from the flea market um, to getting the bonnets down there and just walking around and experience a multi-culture uh, place that is just fantastic but in saying that I haven't been in at least six years so I don't know what the the nuances are down there, but it's time to get back down there. I think Mark would absolutely love it with a group of us. It would be fantastic. Um, but as far as smoking areas, when I was down there, I never really chimed into that. Uh, nor was I had my eyes on uh, bourbon places or whatever. So I'm sure there's all kinds of uh, fantastic places to go. So I'd always be looking forward to that. Now, I know the Jazz Festival's coming up. I think uh, I think the jazz festival is either end of March into April or end of April in, into the beginning of May. I'll have to check it up. Like I said, I haven't dialed into that in some time, but um, I think it would be fantastic. The, the thing about it is, is you always got to watch the heat because uh, if you get there at the end of spring, which you know most of us would consider, you know, summer probably starts end of May, first of June. Um, it can get really humid and hot down there, but all my experiences down there have been great. I've had some friends and had some family restaurants down there. And to get to experience some cuisine from a different thing, I know New Orleans uh, always is, has some sauces down there that are just amazing. Not, not to mention the Creole and everything that they do differently down there that we do up here. But basically you go to new orleans you drink you eat and have a damn good time and the cigars i don't know we're just going to have to experience it and see how it has developed but it is a multinational group of people that hang there and in the jazz festival everybody goes out there and um you know they have multiple national acts out in the fairgrounds but and i've done that many different times um but People from all over the world come there and play in the quarter. Um, anywhere from, for example, a guy that would have, which is amazing, there'll be a guy who'll be down there and he will have a um, kind of a strapped on table and he'll have all these different glasses of water and he just plays music with the brims of the water. He dips his fingers and he runs the rim of these glasses and creates music which is something that would blow your mind and then they have i remember a guy 
uh, our group of them who were um, from Brazil, who had these flukes. And some of this stuff, and they got bluegrass, they got all different types of music down there. But I think it's fantastic. It, and not only that, but street performers. Uh, all these street performers have their corners or whatever, and they do stuff like you'll see a guy who will be all decked up in gold or silver. You think he's just a statue, and then he'll do something funky. It's just, a, a, like I said, a multi-universe of people down there that are hanging out, and it's very, very unique to them. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be fantastic to get a group of us down there and hang out. Yeah, and I want to do, um, when we get to Vegas, I want to do a podcast in Vegas. I really do. A Crossroad podcast in Vegas. <coughs> At the Bourbon Cowboy. Because they have a bar in the quarter called the Bourbon Cowboy. I'm talking about Vegas, not New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans, though, too. Yeah. We were supposed to go down there a couple of years ago, and we were going to stay at the hotel that's got the kind of spinny bar. You know in the bar that rotates in New Orleans? Never heard of it. Really? Yeah. It's the... Um, spinning bar? Shit. Yeah, hang on. Let me see. I might have it. Wow. Here. I just lit this knuckle sandwich. Holy shit. Hey, talk about that. So, I haven't smoked that yet. It's done by... Uh, um, Espino Cigars This I guy, this guy Fieri Cigar He's yeah. got two He's got that And then I don't know if it's Connecticut Or a natural Or, or whatever the other one is But um, You know I'm a huge Diners, Drivers, and Dives fan You know that Yeah And I love Guy Fieri's uh, Outdoor kitchen He does Yeah So he's he's got In his backyard He's got a legitimate It's like a I'm not going to say Michelin star But he's got a this outdoor kitchen, he could run a restaurant from this outdoor kitchen. You know what I mean? It's it's insane. You're gonna have to hit this. This thing is holy shit. I'm only like. Is it big? Oh man, that fucker is. Wow. <laughs> that's a. Oh wow, that's a very uh, that's a pipey smoke. All of a sudden, I, I, I know my face looks bad, but that's I'm that's interesting. Interested in this, yeah. Part. I picked this up at Rocky Patel's humidor in there. That it burn? Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of you know he's got one side where he's got Patron and a bunch of cats, mm-hmm. and then the whole right side as you go in is all Rocky stuff. But right. So far, wow, this guy is bad to the bone. So far. all right, so we're gonna do one of these things. I'm gonna have a little fun with this if you're cool. I, w- I want to kind of keep this going. We're having a lot of good conversation. Podcasts have been really flowing lately. I'm good if you're good. Let's keep it going. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I'll I want to do that one more four, time. Yeah. All right. What's next? My little galley picked um, me up. And uh, oh shit. Yeah. Oh. This Allegria is. Justin, I'm sorry, yours sucked. Yeah, mine. It just, I had to light it three times. It just was like. Do you think it all, did you feel. This isn't maybe. <coughs> Jesus, that made me sneeze. Um, do you think at all you had a draft coming that way? I don't think so. I don't know, but we'll see. We're going to You got to smoke it again. You got to get more. I'm getting more before I leave. Like, I remember. I, I, these are. Um, and the other thing was, I don't remember us talking a lot about Illusion. Um, 
as long as they've been doing this for the last two or three years. Well, we did early. It on. seems this this last like maybe six seven months <laughs> we started talking. Well, now maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at but all. But it just uh, seems like just recent that we've been talking. Well, about it, it did it did come back into the frontal side of me. Um, Scooby Drew is doing his his brokering thing with it, so there's been a lot of conversation about it and. That's when I started going back into my humidor and moving shit around. And I'm like, dude, I know I've got Illusion in here. Like, I, I smoked Illusion. When we first met, I was smoking Illusion daily. You know that. Like, I, I was I was playing off with it. Well, then you know, I picked four, some five years ago. Yep. Sportsman yep. in the... Um, well, you got the Gigantes. Yes. The Cruzado Gigantes. And I got that little Illusion red label, which was freaking bad for the as Illusion well. red label. Yeah. I think it's still oh, um, because I can't remember yeah. all these little numbers. No, I'm and trying, to, trying to think of the, of the name, but no. So I started digging back into that's when I, my dark princes and everything like that. My Epernays, you know, I got that box of Epernays. It's fucking I don't know, ten years old or whatever. But it, it's one of those items that kind of slipped the memory or the smoking rotation because it's not around. You know, come down to crew, you get it. Uh, once uh, Lit's final location is open, you'll find it through the humidor there, but there's not really anywhere else you can run into it and just see it, you know? Like, it's it's not around. Um, but, you know, with brokers and things like that, they're doing a good job bringing it back into into the light, and uh, that's when I pulled the one-offs out, and, and we had the Dark Princess, the Churchill, the A's, and... Um, but no, they're, they're starting to move things around a lot, and, and I'm very excited for you know to be to reintroduce and to smoke more often again illusion uh, but you gotta get more of these that sucks that yours yours cooked that way and i say that now mine's starting to fiddle faddle around but wow this, solid cigar, cigar. Solid i'm digging cigar. this right off that um yeah that was very uh when i say pipey not not that it's pipe tobacco but it it kind of hits you retroly like and i don't like even have any idea what pipe. i'm smoking i haven't checked what what the village binders covers all the binder or wrapper is uh, at this point i just grabbed it because well, it was something new to me this is fun because we have not smoked i know i have not smoked much espinosa at all at all um i'd have to actually sit and think about which or what Espinosa I had. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, let's pull up this uh, knuckle sandwich here. I want kind of want to know what's going on. Oh, it's his birthday cigar. So the birthday size was released on it. Um, he turned 55 years old. Eric Espinosa blended it. Um, 55 is the name of this. Oh, that's a special size on that. I'm sorry. I'm sifting around here for something, so I kind of want to see what's going on here. Um, Nicaraguan binder, uh, fillers Nicaraguan, and two variants on the wrapper. So we've got two different, Habano and Maduro. So that's the lighter shades of Habano. So um, I guess we get a box. Uh, uh, taking the cigar industry straight to Flavortown. <laughs> I love that. Um, building this thing out. That's pretty cool. We're going to get some of those on. Um, something I wanted to talk to everyone about is, is actually this kind of highlights something. 
Have you ever smoked a cigar and then you find out that the cigar was being made by a company that you know, you just may have not indulged into some of the cigars from that company, right? No thought like that, you know? Um, and there's quite a few. You know, it, it happens. It happens often. You do run into it. Uh, the LCA stuff from Provada Cigar Club. We all know how, uh, at least personally, I feel about that. But it would, there's some. There were some cool things that kind of generated from from that. There were old blenders that were coming back into the light, and you were noticing them and and kind of learning from them a little bit and and seeing what what is what from from their factories, their blenders, their rollers, etc. Um, that's something that I think is going to happen more in the industry. I think that I don't think we're going to fall into that early two thousands idea where you had people that I've talked about this before as well, where you give 10,000, 20,000 to a company, they roll you a cigar, they throw your picture on it or your label on it. Boom. You have a cigar company and you're kicking, you're, you know, you're selling to your friends, you're doing whatever for six months a year and then you just have a shit ton of cigars left over and nothing comes from there now there are some great companies that came out of that that now have their own factories and doing their own blending and etc right these things do happen but i do think you're going to start seeing more and more uh the, the reason i bring this up is like when you look at bourbons and tequilas right so we know that mcconaughey became the wild turkey guy uh but then when you get into tequila you've got michael jordan's tequila you have um, George Clooney's tequila. Um, there's probably a bunch more. I think uh, the Jonas's have a, a tequila. You know, um, there was a bourbon that I had recently um, that I very much enjoyed. It's a very good bourbon. We're gonna have it on the podcast. I have it ordered um, uh, from the Vampire Diaries, which was a a kind of folklore TV show. Uh, the two main characters on that show that were together for X amount of years during the filming of the show released a bourbon. Um, sourced it or, or had it manufactured or distilled by a, a well-known distillery and now they're available you can buy them those things are there you can do that um, that vibe is kind of coming into the world that we enjoy so much that all of us enjoy so much if you listen to this podcast you, you kind of know where we sit I'm very excited about that Cowboy what I was talking about was I think we're going to start seeing an uptick and like Guy Fetty doing this cigar with Eric Espinosa right you know, when you look at tequilas or bourbons, you've got X amount of different athletes. Uh, oh, I forgot about the athlete approach in my little spiel there. Athletes, actors, etc. I, I referenced McConaughey and Wild Turkey, George Clooney, Michael Jordan, the Jonas and tequila, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds has aviation gin, right? I think you're going to start seeing a bigger wave of that start to take place in tobacco. You know, because I think with the with the rise in the popularity of cigars, you know, we're seeing a unprecedented gain in popularity in cigars, right? When you look at when you look at uh, we've talked about women smokers before, right? Um, there are more and more and more women involved in the cigar world than there have been in my entire smoking experience. And Why the do you thing think that, that, is? that because well because I'm, I'm I'll throw this out I'm not worried about it that old white man adage that you had to be a rich guy in a suit to smoke a cigar that shit's gone dude doesn't matter I, I could be in a suit yesterday I'm in a hoodie and Vans and jeans today we're still smoking the same cigars we're still playing around a why can't a, a why does a woman have to show that she's dressed to the nines and she has to smoke a 
a little cigarillo or a fruitful or flavored cigar. No, most of the women that I know that smoke cigars smoke what we smoke. They're not interested in, 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 in an acid blondie or a Tatiana or a CAO flavor. No, they've gotten into the industry. And I think the biggest point on that is we know this. This is biological, this is fact. Women taste better and mature faster than men do. That's no, that is no. That's biology, you can't argue that. I think the more women that get into cigars, I actually think it's better for the industry. One, it's the most attractive thing to me. If you smoke a cigar and talk football with me, you're done, I'm in, game on, right? But the more that females get in to this and the more, you have more shop owners that are uh, uh, female or women business owners, right? They're more involved in the, the craft side of things, the boutique side of things. Like they, you, know, you, you can make the jokes about women, right? Women are so specific, right? If you go out and, you know, Valentine's Day was two days ago. You go out and, and you buy your girl the wrong kind of flowers. She's like, thanks, but, right? I, I fucking hate lilies. I wanted roses, right? Or roses are for, or for whatever. I wanted lilies, right? That conversation. Introduce a, a tatuaje scar to a female, right? And then give her a LE from Romacraft, right? Tatuaje, we've talked about this. They're not really inside the boutique thing anymore. I think Tatuaje has made itself to mainstream market. Now, granted, it's not as mainstream as Perdomo or Padron or Fuente or Ashton or Rocky in that matter, right? Um, but, you know, you can... It's almost safe to say you go into a humidor, you can find Tatuaje. Any big humidor, you're gonna find Tatuaje, right? Give them something they haven't had. And you can watch a male smoker, a, a gentleman smoker, and they smoke what they smoke, right? I want a mild cigar. Well, do you, you want a mild cigar in strength or you want mild in body? Well, in strength. Well, what if I give you this cigar here is going to be it's mild overall in its strength, but it's going to have a fuller body. You're going to get a lot more smoke, a lot more texture. Now I'm just going to stick over here. Now I have that same conversation with a female smoker, and they're like, whoa, you mean the smoke's bigger? There's more flavor involved? They don't taste it? Well, let's do that. I think women are more open-minded, especially in the tobacco industry, than, than men are. You know, the, you can, I, I start with that old white man adage, you know, the, the suit and tie country club dude sitting in a cigar lounge, because we have to face it. That's what lounges were up until about 99, I think, is when the, the, the new lineage of cigar lounges started happening, right? When you... Cigar lounges weren't private clubs anymore. You had open humidors. You'd come in, buy a cigar, sit down, and you were forced to be in a room with all these other people. You know, if, if you've got a lounge, like when you look at the front side of Grand Crew, if you come in here, there's, you know, I think there's 15 seats up in the front of Grand Crew. There's one seat open, you're sitting with 14 other people. You don't have a choice but to talk to somebody up there. You know what I mean? That created conversation. That generated the new flow of growth inside industries. That's what, you know, we've talked about what lounges do for the industry before and all that. So, the more women smokers that you have, the more they, don't you hide from that camera? <laughs> um, uh, once, once, once you have more women jump into that, you, you almost kind of create the unwanted desire and the attention, but you also create more interest, you know? 
uh, I think one of the hardest things for a woman is, you know, you can't dress nice without some dude clowning over you, right? You can't. Guys get dressed up, you know, girls sit in the corner and, and they say things, right? A girl gets dressed up, presents what somebody, you know, whatever God you believe in gave her, and there's always that group of guys that's saying what they want or what they could do to her, right? But in that, in that same adage, which it may not be wanted by women, is probably inappropriate sometimes, you sit down and you got four or five, four or five women sit down at a table or a setting of chairs and they're all smoking cigars, enjoying drinks, whatever the drink may be, enjoying themselves, you, it creates this, you know, I, I've, I've witnessed this over the years, but what are they smoking? No, I think they're, they're smoking this, you know? So my thought on this is, it is a social thing. And I think it has little to do with the cigars um, in the beginning. I think women are finding, like, where are the guys at? Well, the guys that like to go and socialize and be part of a group, which a lot of cigar um, places are, you find a cigar place or two or three that you really like going, and you're in a social environment where you become a part of a group, and you guys, everybody relax, because it all goes back to the, the, the fact that you're gonna smoke a cigar, you're gonna relax within a group, and you're going to relax and have, I think, you know, early on, like, w- what would we do? We'd go to a roller rink to socialize. We, there was roller rinks were a big deal. Then there was dance halls or dance clubs. This or is where disco. our 30-year difference comes into yes. play. But I'm just saying now, the cigar, the drinks mm-hmm. um, have become more cocktail-oriented. People talk about different cigars, the- different cocktails. Where's everybody going? They're going to go to a cigar club. So we're going to meet at a cigar club. And the girl's like, well, I'll give it a try. Give me a really nice mouth. And they have that nice mouth cigar they know nothing about. And they actually enjoy smoking it with the guys. And now they're becoming a part of the group socially that they enjoy. And then what ends up happening is they become more educated about what they're smoking. And they enjoy the fellowship of the group. And they're becoming more of this social Now, I, I do agree with everything you said, except for one point. Like, I don't think anymore it's females trying to be part of the group. I think now it's, <laughs> I, I, I've been making this joke for fucking 15 years now. You know, like when I came out of high school and was going through life and I heard all the stories about how, you know, you just go to the bars with your boys and you'd pick up girls, right? Well, when I was in my early 20s and trying to pick up girls at a bar, I was inside that that new kind of collection where there wasn't just this one girl at the bar that you got to go up to and you got to sway or you got to talk to. No, I had to go to the group of the women and that entire group was judging me on how I treated or how I wanted to pick up that one individual, right? That's how it was. When, when, I, talk about, when I talk about the dating market now, I, I joke. I'm like, guys don't go to bars to pick up girls girls go to bars to judge what kind of guys are there you know and i think now when you're in the in the, in the cigar lounge world dude there's there's <laughs> in this country like I t- we were talking about pca earlier bro you go to pca the ipcpr what it was before pca like there are more women owners there are more women that are there saving the bourbon or doing <laughs> bourbon industry is fucking way like yeah that, that that's they've got it going but I have also made this joke too. I guess I'll play the counterpart here. You know, I wish I had a nice pair of tits. 
because I could probably just take a cigar picture between my tits every day on Instagram and I could live off Instagram. You know, there's also that aspect of it. Um, but when it comes to the lounge setting, I, I see it daily. I, I, it, it's not just, just at lit cigar lounge. It has a, a phenomenal female presence. It's, I've seen it at Grand Crew. I've seen it at the vault. I've seen it at, like, at, at Mike spots at AP. Like there, there are times where there's more women than there are men in these locations. It's just, it's how it goes. You know, I just I, think they're, I've always, I've always enjoyed this, this question. Like, well, where are all the girls at? I'm like, girl, if you'd been here 20 minutes earlier, you, you didn't left your man and gone and enjoyed yourself. You know, um, it's women in the industry are probably responsible for some of the most growth the industry is making. Who made the most growth possible in the bourbon industry? Women. Why? Because they went to flavored whiskeys. Not necessarily true. Uh, women, women drinker. Okay, I think the well, whiskeys was one flavor, of the ones. No, that well, but that was a gateway. Back. But it was a gateway. Okay, but I think yes, that's, that's true in the cigar industry. Too. But it was a gateway, right? Because you can, you can. Talk. So when we sat down with the bourbon and blinds, right? Uh, we sat down with them. We talked about when they had their first bourbons, they were drinking the the semi infused stuff, and then but they found the sweetness that they could taste inside other whiskeys more attractive, right? So in the bourbon side, I think that's a gateway, right? You, if you're drinking, and this sounds so bad when I say this, whatever, but you're drinking Trulies and, and fucking vodkas and grapefruit and things like that, right? You pour that girl a maker's mark, it, it's gonna, no, it, it's not gonna work. But you're gonna find right? your way socially to but, find how you fit So in. when you start coming in and you're, and I'm, when I'm saying flavor whiskey, I don't think either one of us is talking about fireball, right? We're not talking about similar, no. but. When you look at something like, actually, I, I, I hadn't had Screwball until about three years ago. I was at the lake, and they had the bottle, they poured it, and I drank it. And I went, you know what? Again, I can see why this is attractive. That peanut butter whiskey. It's a whiskey whatever. that tastes like peanut butter. I heard girls say, man, I tried that, and I loved it. Yeah. And, and then, then, so then from there you go, okay, well, why don't we get you a little Four Roses single barrel? Got a lot of roses and sweetness to it. And, you know, sip it slowly. But then they go on that, and they're like, oh, well, shit. I, I enjoy that, right? Or, or they come in amaretto, or, or, or amaretto sour, yeah. or uh, Janine has drank many cocktails with Buffalo Trace or whatever, and they've they the cocktails have been whiskey, but they've been tailored to their likeness mm -hmm. and what they like. The same way the cigar industry. But has done what that does that come too. back to? The beginning of of this whole statement I made is, women have the upper hand when it comes to taste palettes when it comes to maturity when it comes to understanding of noses and and tannings and this and that and yada 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 that it's it's that's biological you can't argue that that's it's there it does that um but pca just put a magazine out in november and, and they had a whole highlight on women's cigars. you know one of, one of the most prolific i think owners that's got a lot of attention across social media is angela Yu, who owns grand cathedral cigars in tampa right you know, she had a dream to own a cigar lounge and bought an old church and turned it That'd into awesome. a cigar lounge. Awesome. You know, and I think she's one of the top uh, Fuente dealers in the state of Florida. You know, Carlito hangs out there, you know, and the respect is owed and due there. You have to give that to them. You have to, you know. There's always going to be lounges in certain areas and locations where men dominate lounges, right? There's nothing you can do about that. But 
women in the industry are, are are magical for the growth of the industry. I really believe that. I do too. I think it happened in bourbon, and I think it's happened in cigars. Plus, I think they like to be with their guys, um, and they like to go out and do the things that they like. Or, or their girls, um, man. I mean, either like, dude, or. It's it's. Saying fascinating almost makes me sound misogynistic, like a, like a, like it's some kind of social experiment, but it's not. Um, See, it's always lovely. It's always lovely to me, dude. I, I've been, and this is not just like when I'm in certain places. I've been all over the country, and I've seen. I'll walk in, and I'll be the only other dude in a lounge, and there's a group of women that are doing flights, doing tastings trading cigars smoking cigars. and it's i say it's fascinating because you know i grew up in in this in this industry i've been in lounges far before i should have been and things like that right and you see this now and it's that's it not only is it growth it's expansion it's like i feel like women deserve a little bit more of credit in the industry and but they also get kind of beat down because you've got women smokers that we've smoked with a couple of them friends of ours sit down and smoke they smoke the same shit we do they go right into the humidor and grab what we're smoking like well, what are you smoking well, this is really hard so let's do it man and they smoke it but then there's the the like passionitas i think it's the word because of mine the cigar gals like all that they're there to smoke the cigars enjoy the bourbon enjoy that but they get beat down because then you go to the social media platform or, or you jump on, you know, there are only fans that women have where they're naked smoking a cigar. And the draw to that is cigar smokers like, well, wow, this girl's naked. She looks great, right? Everyone enjoys a beautiful naked woman. I don't care who you are, you enjoy it, right? Women enjoy but yes, naked yes, women. Yes. Women enjoy beautiful naked men. But Yes, but what men can't do is I can't take a picture of my... I can't put a cigar, even if it's smaller or bigger, next to my dick and put it online, right? I can't do that. You, you, you cannot do that. That's wrong. But any female that is well endowed can sit up, take pictures, remove her face, put, put the cigar anywhere she likes to, and post it and, and make a living on that, right? So I think that, and again, beautiful women are appreciated everywhere. No one's arguing that. But that dampers the or enlightens the thought of men when they see cigar smokers right yeah because women women don't ever dress down right when, when have you known a woman to dress down when she's going out no we all like to dress up exactly you've never guys like our fashion is kind of funny right you can be quote fashionable in a hoodie with matching sweatpants and a new pair of nikes on or a nice dress of shoes right like a, some kind of sports suit that looks good you're dressed up your, your girl with you or the girl you're looking at is literally killing it to the fucking dial then. My only point is socially things change and I think women um, in general there is a good group that are moving with their men into cigar clubs and enjoying the shit out of it. And I think just like bourbon they're in there they're, they're, they're like hey let's explore this our guys are drinking bourbon Let's see what we got going. And then they come out with, uh, what, what's the one, uh, the honey? Uh, uh, yeah, Kentucky Owl. I'm just saying, it's happening. It's happening. It happened in bourbon. It actually helped the bourbon industry come back. And I think it's happening in cigars. Now, does it happen as boldly as, 
is the bourbon industry? No, I don't think so. But it is happening. And in St. Louis, to your fact that you brought up a while ago, St. Louis is one of those special places where we're have somehow been afforded some cigar places where people can get out and do that. And it's been Let me happy. tell you what, man. You walk into Lit Cigar Lounge, you walk into Grand Crew on a weekend, you walk into Stanley's on Washington, or you walk in Cigar Vault or AP Cigar. Bro, you walk in on a weekend, You, I guess the bummer is that they're not always single, <laughs> but you'll walk in and if you're a cigar smoker and, and a whiskey enthusiast, and you may just happen to run past the girl, you know, you're, you're thinking, you really want to talk to her. Like, you want to know what's going on. You know, like, it dials back into when we talk about St. Louis and the density of lounges that we have. And the unique thing about St. Louis is that, yeah, there are, from where we're sitting right now at Grand Crew, what, in a 20-mile radius, you can hit nine, nine different lounges? Not only Two that, in Illinois, but the the diversity of the nationalities. Seven, seven lounges, yeah. Who are experiencing this as well? Because every lounge we go into, it's just not old fucking white guys. It's like Latinos. It's black. It's yeah, um, dude, and, that, and that's why I'm the saying the nationality when, that we're seeing in these cigar lounges. When when I say so that now. old, like, because there are still lounges we've been in, like we've joked about it, right? I see it all the time. I shouldn't say all the time. I see it like when I travel. There are some cool lounges you dip into and like I use the old white guy adage I'm not making that as a racial thing I'm using that as kind of a point and standard I maybe I should say the, the the regulars right there are lounges that you walk into and if you're you've never been there before you get the looks from the lounge you know you get, get a little rude from the bartender you know the tobacconist or whomever's in the humidor who's like oh yeah what do you want you know you run into it you know like the most recent one I had was when I was in Scottsdale and uh, I, you know, the cigar guy and I flew to Scottsdale with four cigars. And by the first nine hours of the pool, I was out of cigars, right? Um, let me have a little more of that barrel game before you pack that up. Oh. And, um, you know, I walk in and the guy comes around and he goes, hey, you know, we're under construction. I'm like, well, sir, you got members in the back. He goes, yeah, they're members. I went, all right, cool. I was like, hey, I'm here to buy some cigars. And he's like, all right, well, here's a humidor. And I go in and I start looking around and I start spouting off, you know, names of cigars. Well, then all of a sudden his ears perk up. And he's like, oh, well, this guy is going to, oh, okay. So then I had his attention. You know what I mean? And those, those, those attitudes are still floating inside the industry. And my, my largest hope is that with the concentration of, to go back to the women smokers and what they do for the industry is, the concentration of women inside this industry is going to change that whole attitude. So those guys are going to get run out with the old crowd. I agree. You know what I mean? So on that note, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening to Craft Apparel this week. Uh, always a shout out to our OG sponsor, Let's Cigar Lounge. Thank you to Jimmy and the crew here at Grand Crew. Crew here at Grand Crew. With yeah, the new it. window? With the new window. Um, there was some cutting, slicing, drilling in the beginning of this, but I promise get through the first you know, enjoyment. You're going to hear us. Everything was fun. Um, if you want to enjoy the video podcast, jump on our Patreon, patreon.com slash craft It's $3 a month. Um, that basically pays for our web hosting so we can keep uploading the podcast. So we will see you guys next week. We got something really fun planned by plan. We're going to get together and be somewhere. Uh, from the Viking. Mahalo guys. Thank you. And Hey, from the bourbon cowboy, 
But listen, thanks for listening in, as always. And shit, I'm sure we'll have something kind of fun and exciting next week. We'll see you then. Giddy up.